Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 91. This is take seven, because I can't get the intro right, <laughs> of the Genesis Gems podcast, where we cover general chaos. I am one of the co-hosts, Nick Stevens, and with me this time is, as always, Aaron. Hey, everyone. <laughs> so I have mic problems, and, and then we uh, had to download software. It was a it was a rocky start, but we're here. We got it. Yeah, and we, we did it. We're actually recording uh, it's been a while, yeah. but I'm glad to be back with my one of my best buds here. Uh, sure. So we always yeah. come back. It, 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 you never know if it's going to be a month or a week or half a year. I don't know, but we we always come back. We we don't want to give us up. No, and we'll never give you up. We'll never right. let you down. Say goodbye or hurt you. That's right. Yeah, I feel like we've done that before, but that's all right. <laughs> You know, we probably have, but um, you can't kill a good thing. So. That's right. Actually, I think that I think Rick, Rick Astley uh, is supposed to come into my town soon, so that just made me think of that. <laughs> He's getting all popular. I feel like the, his little uh, cameos in the Fortnites kind of made him a little bit more popular with the uh, other generations. I mean, of course, being a giant meme and probably having one of the most viewed videos on YouTube ever helps, too. So... <laughs> The dance he does in that video is so good. It is, man. You know, it's like he, but he had two legit, really big hits. So yep, we can't discount that. Um, you know, here on the the Rick Astley podcast. So. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go 80s over gems. every one of his songs. Yeah, '80s gems. We're just gonna have an episode devoted to our favorite uh, '80s pop songs. Wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you may be surprised we may do it. <laughs> you never know. So how's it been right. going, man? Good, man. It's been good. Uh, the Braves won the World Series last week, so that was awesome. I saw that. Um, I mean, I know they're your absolute favorite team, so I think that's awesome. Yeah, first time since 1995. I mean, we, we even, when we were talking about what days we were going to record, I was like, oh, I can't do it those nights. The Braves are probably going to play, so... <laughs> That's how that's how important that was. Yeah, and I was over here like, well, you know, they might not make it, so maybe we'll be fine and we'll just record it. <laughs> no, that's not the way these things work, you know. Yeah. And what's going to happen is if they lose, you're just going to be like, well, I would have recorded, but you know, I was just kind of broken up and depressed, yeah. and I need a few months uh, to recover. Every year, the shock. But <laughs> good news is they won, uh, and that means that you're all fired up and ready to go yeah i even let my kids stay up because it started uh, i'm on eastern time so all the games started at 8 p.m which means you know if you've watched professional baseball it's a good three hour game so your <laughs> kids are going to bed at midnight 12 30 so very grumpy kids for oh yeah school next I, I i had those kids this weekend um <laughs> it's like do we you know they were staying the night at their cousins and it's like do we have to go to bed yes you had to go to bed an hour ago, but I let you stay up extra long tonight. <laughs> so, and then daylight uh, savings time happened, right? Uh, yeah, so a bunch of fun things happened. Um, I think we were even originally planning to do an ha- a Halloween episode, um, and we might even just cover that game anyways. Um, but we'll, yeah, I put, we'll see. I put, I put a few good hours into that game. Kind of want to keep diving into it. But. Yeah, it's it's a... I don't know if it's a hidden gem, but it's a pretty underrated game, I feel like. Yeah. That game that we are not mentioning the name of it yet. That's right. 
that there's some cool mechanics in that game that I just like slowly found out as I played it. So, but yeah, we can't talk about that yet. No. <laughs> awesome. So what have you been up to? You mentioned a gig. That's yeah, I had the craziest experience. Um, it wasn't a Daya gig. It was more of a um, friend of mine. Uh, he was coming up on his five-year anniversary of being married, and they never got to do a, a, an actual reception until now. So they're doing a reception last week, um, and I was invited, of course, because he's one of my best friends going back. 20 years now uh, since, since high school in the stone ages and <laughs> it, it was a long time ago wasn't it <laughs> it was and sometimes on this podcast well i'll, t- I'll talk about my buddy uh, jesse uh one of my best buddies so they're they're brothers it's, a, it's his brother zach oh cool and uh, so we were all hanging out up there but when he was talking about the event it sounded like he and his wife you know had all this stuff planned out and they you know, it hired all this catering and they had a really nice, um, really nice backyard set up with uh, tarps and uh, like really lovely looking reception. And then he mentioned the music and, and just briefly he said, well, yeah, you know, some DJ was supposed to show up and apparently they're in training and I don't know, you know, that they're going to flake out. Uh, and then they're. And then he was asking my buddy, like, hey, can you bring your, your karaoke machine? And it's like oh. this, little, this little karaoke machine, <laughs> you know, that that would be fine in a small room. Like, And I'm thinking to myself, like, man, you know what? I've got a I've got a full setup for what you need to do. Um, I've never done a, a wedding end to end, but I have DJed before and I have hosted karaoke uh, so that's what ended up happening. I, I did a whole gig and I think you've done a wedding gig before, right? Yeah. And it's like, it's never been planned. It's always, no, it's hey, always like, Hey, next minute. week you, you think you can do this? And, <laughs> and then you end up just kind of going with it. <laughs> you wing it. Yeah. And, and just like our, our good buddies, uh, <laughs> over on, uh, um, I don't know, uh, over on the retro junkies, you know, I was thinking about Robin Landon and I was like, Oh yeah, winging it. Um, that's exactly what I did. So I get there and, uh, like, first of all, the reception, you're not allowed to like bring your own speaker for that. Not the reception, but the, um, the actual wedding ceremony. So I had to have the songs queued up on a phone and then (laughs) my phone was right up against a, a portable microphone uh, so oh. that was an interesting setup, and it was fine. Uh, and then the reception itself, you know, like I said, the the intern DJ showed up like two hours late and, and brought their speaker. I, I I didn't even see them. I just saw their speaker, and I just I was just on top of everything. I guess um, I had backups of backups of backups. I had uh, you know a powered mixer a PA and all of the music they could ever want. Um, you know, and I had like a one terabyte tribe full of karaoke and then I had everything else on Spotify. Right. So, you know, paid (laughs) up on Spotify, people had requests and 
worst case scenario, like if there was ever something that wasn't on Spotify, I would just pop on over to YouTube. YouTube, yep, exactly. Yep. <laughs> and as long as the internet didn't go out, otherwise it would have just been like, all right, I guess we're doing a karaoke night. Um, yeah, but, internet things. Uh, that that's a that happened to me once. I was at a I was yeah. doing something for my brother-in-law, and I got there's some bar they were at, and uh, the internet was awful. So like, I went outside and just started downloading all these huge playlists to my Apple Music, and I ran back in. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So you you've been the one who kind of like saved the day before, where it was yeah. just like last minute, it was thrown together, but then you're just like, oh, okay, I got this. I see what's. Yeah. You, you could kind of see what was happening in slow motion. You're like, okay, if I don't step in here, then something – it's like you guys spend all this time and money and attention to get all this other stuff right. Let me make sure the sound yep. – <laughs> everything's good. <laughs> exactly I mean, do you ever have that experience of uh, one of the uh, older uh, folks at the party who's like, you need to turn that music down? And you're just like, okay, and you like – Barely. You act like you did it. <laughs> you act like you did it. Turn it down like tiny bit, and then like you know, other people come up and I'm like, "Can you turn it up? It's not you know loud enough. It's just, it's the same thing." And you're just like, "Sure, okay. Is that better? Yeah, it's it's way better." Someone walks up and like ask you to play the most inappropriate song or something, and you're just like, "Oh, I don't have that one. Sorry." That did happen, and it was um, there was this. One little girl, and she must have been about, you know, 10 or 11. And I was pretty open, you know, like during the, the dance portion. Um, most of the songs being requested were appropriate, except when it came from one of the kids. And she wanted me to do uh, Riding Dirty. And I was just like, this is not, not, you know, I was like, if you want to sing this one later for karaoke, like that's no hold barred. You can sing whatever because that's on you, <laughs> right? And so what I did was, like, I was just very accommodating. And I would say, okay, uh, I might not be able to do that one, but give me a few more. And, you know, I could at least look through those and be like, okay, this one uh, is more appropriate, right? This one's fine. Like, it was Airplanes, or it was like a... I forgot what song it was, but it was definitely more appropriate. And then, you know, I, they just called me the they, they said I was the kid wrangler uh, during the night, during like the karaoke, karaoke portion, because they just come up and they're like, is my song next? Is my song? And I'm like, OK, kids, I promise I'll get to you. I've got to get all these other singers that haven't sung yet. But I promise it'll happen. Yeah. And, I, and then, I some, yeah, I, so, I somehow inherited this. uh this little light set that um you can set to like the uh, beat of the music and stuff and it like switches and it's, it's it's probably about two foot long and i'm telling you like in a dark room if you just stick out in front of your table and like point it to this like it looks kind of professional people really get a kick out of that and i don't even know where the stupid thing came from like someone gave it to me but every time i go oh, dj I, I use that light <laughs> that's great man and and i think you just like me it's like you you wouldn't even call yourself a dj right you just kind of get thrown into these gigs sometimes it's like okay i guess i'm a dj tonight it's like i can announce and, it, and, it's, and, and it's like sometimes your creativity just comes out because you have to find creative ways to make everything work that's, yeah it, so it, that's it exactly what i was doing which is just yeah. like okay um they don't have a table for me okay i'm good thing i have a furniture dolly i have you know it's like i have my giant 
PA speaker, uh, and then I can set my powered mixer on top of that. And then we had a TV on top of that, so people could you know stare at the screen for the music. And yeah, ended up, um, you know, my my friend and his dad were using rope to tie it up to make sure nothing collapsed and so it was just so jimmied together it was it was great but you know next time if i ever did a gig like that i'm like yeah i'd have to bring my own table because it was kind of seat in my pants but it was exciting it's just like those those events always are and you kind of anticipate something could go wrong but it kind of feels like you know if you're doing a, a podcast or you're doing anything there's it's kind of just a thrill to it that I do enjoy. But I think my wife was ask, asking me, she's like, oh, would you do these more often? And I thought about it and I was like, you know what? Only if it was like a special circumstance or if the money was right. Because lugging yeah. all your gear around, um, it's just not, <laughs> not fun. Unless no. you have an assistant, you have an unpaid intern, or you have, um, I don't know. You have one of your kids that's real eager <laughs> to help you set up. Yeah. And, uh, and like, like my dad was. I used to do these types of gigs with my dad. So <laughs> that exactly. was the, the, unpaid, the unpaid help, right? Yeah. And I, even with my little solo act I do with the acoustic guitar, I've, I bought one of those like foldable wagons. I don't know if you saw those where they collapse. And, yeah. Uh, uh, can, you get them from can, Academy. Yeah. 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 You can get them. Yeah. They're like almost like little camping things. And so I can now make one trip for my car. With that wagon, like I have like every handful and a balancing act on that thing, but that's the hardest part. Like I, I love playing music and everything, but good grief, I'm like it takes forever to get set up and packed up. And, and then you probably have this uh, strategy too. Like I never know where I'm gonna be when I play, and I'm right. never I'm never promised electricity is gonna be close by. So I carry like a hundred foot extension cord yes. just in case. <laughs> I brought all you know. It's like I had a you know like a fifty foot HDMI cord, and I had you know really long <laughs> extension cord, and then I had a really short cord, and I just had every every single backup. And man, I I didn't even have a chair. I just stood <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> I had my station. I stood. The only times I walked away from it were when I was playing off the Spotify playlist. And then you can, you know, have it up on your phone and it, it syncs up. And so you yeah. can kind of walk into another room and then you can queue up more songs. But otherwise, uh, man, I was just on my feet and the, the requests were flying in <laughs> like yep. so quick. Yep. There's just like, OK, I have just enough time to eat. And then, you know, back to what I'm doing and the, the time just flies and then, you know, get people on the dance floor. And, and that I always enjoy that aspect. Um, yeah. I've seen people just enjoying themselves and kind of cutting loose. And, and surprisingly, uh, the few times I've done it, like I'll bring a microphone and I always tell myself I'm not going to talk much, but I, I end up like almost hyping the place up. it's really weird that's exactly what i do yeah and i turn into like wow i'm turning into the the radio announcer i'm just just like let's give it up for jesus you know (laughs) yeah i had i had i I almost had way too much fun the first wedding oh yeah you're just like wait am i in a soccer game what's going on like i'm doing this for free and i'm giving them a heck of a performance i know and i and i was going to take this one on the chin and I offered to do it for free. I'm like, this is my wedding present to you guys. And then, you know, they ended up paying me anyway. So it was, it was all good. (laughs) It worked out. I've done it where I played guitar at the ceremony and then 
I literally dropped a guitar, ran over to the reception area, and got the music going. I've done like no, that before. Because how many songs do you actually know that these people? I mean, because people will just come up with the craziest songs, and you're just like, okay. Because this crowd was, all right. We got the half of the country loving folks, or a third, and then the third is is kids who love modern pop music, um, and everything in between. And then yeah. the other third is, you know, Hispanic and um love salsa music and tejano and cajunto and merengue and um and so man it was the wildest playlist but uh it it worked out yeah and then playing music for a ceremony like i i've learned how to price things like i'm like here's my base price and my base price comes with songs i know if you have a new song that i don't know i'm going to charge you this much more (laughs) because it takes time to learn songs and the last wedding I did, they wanted me to finger pick some song from the Twilight soundtrack that I never heard, so I had to go figure all that out. <laughs> Where yeah. was? Oh, tell me, was it um, the one by Iron and Wine? Uh, uh, it was just called A Thousand Years. That's all. <laughs> oh, it was called A Thousand Years. Yeah. Okay, so. I thought so. Like off the first soundtrack, you'll hear that song in a lot of uh, weddings. Um, I'm trying to remember what it was called. I think the um, was it American Mouth something like that. Yeah, and, right. yeah. Flightless bird, bird, American Mouth. You hear that at a lot of weddings. And yeah, I, I, I've have heard those songs. Uh, and yeah. it's a it's a fun song to play, but man, the lyrics are just like, wait, I don't know if this is. It's like th- there's lyrics in this song about a cat peeing on magazines. It's like song you want to hear at <laughs> your wedding? Really? Exactly. All right, guys. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I, I've 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 had some some strange ones. Like I I I learned like this very pretty guitar picking version of the wedding march, and usually when people hear that, they're like, yeah, I like that. But sometimes they don't give me a chance to to let them listen. They just they want to play this song. I'm like, oh crap, okay. Uh, they always you want do... they they always want the finger style, you know. They they'll, they'll yeah, find the a video on YouTube. Yeah, the finger style. Yeah, yeah. And and what's the what's the biggest song? I'm trying to think of like the biggest pop song that gets covered or played at a wedding um and what's what's one like the biggest one that you have to play and then i i promise listeners we will eventually get back to gems talk but this is Uh, fun yeah the the god bless the broken road that was a big one i've I've done that two or three times at weddings um canon and d is surprising like i I love that song so that, that was fun to learn so i can do the finger style of that and uh oh what was the other one Oh, Dave Matthews song. The uh, I never. I'm, I'm gonna play it because I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> I'll get my guitar down right now. <laughs> it's the. Uh... Whatever that one is. <laughs> I think it's from like an yeah. Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> oh wow, hey, uh, that's an interesting cut, man. Yeah. Uh, you did I played it that at two weddings. Yeah. Well, I played it at one for a request, and then I let another couple hear it. Uh, and then they're like, yeah, we want that one. <laughs> so. I, I think I told you um, the only other time I per- did a wedding was me actually performing uh, like a full wedding. And that was the actual ceremony. Um, I was just performing Beatles songs on oh, cool. on organ, basically. Um, so that was cool. I was at a wedding where a guy played. Uh, he was playing like the uh, classical guitar with the nylon strings. And uh, he's playing some awesome Beatles stuff. I, I was like, man, that guy's a lot better than I am. 
<laughs> I mean, I feel like, man, there's always someone better, but... Oh, um, my God. But you and know my, what? They're not my, paid at this gig tonight. That's right. That's right. And my finger-picking style is very, uh, very odd. Like, even Kelso, I was sending him some stuff one day, and uh, he, he commented, he's like, your finger-picking style's weird. <laughs> like, I know. Oh, I just got. I only use three fingers. Like I've never learned how to use my uh, ring finger, my my pinky on my right hand. Hey, you know what? Django Reinhardt, I think only uses. He only had three fingers on one of his hands. Famous uh, <laughs> jazz guitarist. So, um, you're not alone. Yeah, I think I only reason I learned that is because I would lose picks and I was too lazy to find them. So I got my acoustic guitar and I just kind of figured that out. <laughs> oh man, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> The trick is you just have to buy a magnetic pick, and then you stick a giant magnet inside your guitar and yep. never lose your pick again because you'll just uh, have a you know, just attract it. <laughs> yeah. I, bu- I bought a pack of like 500 picks, so if I ever lose those, I'm in trouble. They're everywhere though. Every time I do laundry, I find like 20. Oh man, yeah. I just keep them in my wallet or by my desk somewhere. I, I get you. <laughs> Oh, that was fun. Anything v- video game related? Shoot. Uh, <laughs> I guess we could just go. Uh, well, we didn't talk about where you can find us. Hey, we're the Genesis Gems podcast, and we are part of the Bit Brothers Network. We haven't been real active in that network, but uh, you know, hold hold on. We have some stuff coming. Promise. But you can check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash bitbros. Uh, check us out on Facebook at our group page at facebook.com slash group slash bitbrothers. That's where you can interact with uh, our shows. Uh, we have a website. At, I think genesisgemspodcast.com is still open. I need yes. to cancel that because we are at the uh, bitbrosnetwork.com. Uh, and you can send us an email if you like. We love getting emails at genesisgemspodcast at gmail.com. But uh, yeah, that's where you can find us, Aaron. So as far as uh, games go, I guess we could jump right into some Sega snippets, huh? Now it's time for Sega Snippets. Uh, any anything Sega related for you? Yes. I'll, I'll give you the floor first. Why not? Absolutely. Um, I finally started uh, about two weeks ago playing Lost Judgment, which is the sequel to the first Judgment game. Yeah. Um, if you guys don't know what that is, that is uh, pretty much Yakuza, but you're a, a detective. And uh, loving it. Um, this game got some. Uh, it's got it's got good reviews from like some of the big outlets, but a lot of uh, places have kind of downplayed the story. Like they didn't like the main story. I'm kind of digging it so far. Um, basically, the main storyline is you're investigating like uh, some bullying going on in a high school, and. Um, kind of turns into a whole nother case which i, I, I kind of like it you're not even in kamarucho you're actually in a different part of the area so it's like a whole new open world um you're not seeing the same streets the same stores um but you know you still got that whole same open world feel um running around and this game actually gives you a skateboard so anytime you're on a road and you're holding down like your sprint button uh, main character yagami actually just pulls out a skateboard out of I don't know, his back pocket apparently <laughs> and puts it on the road and uh it's pretty neat and uh, there's like some little mini games where you have to collect coins on the skateboard and you can do a couple little tricks here and there so um and then they they added the fighting styles i don't know if you remember the, the yakuza games there and where you could actually like pick the different fighting styles yeah so they, they added a few more of those um because of the last judgment game i don't think had any i think it was just a basic fighting style and they have a very cool fighting style um 
It's like the snake style. It's it's a very defensive type thing. So you can like uh, one of your EX moves, which is like when you get your special meter pulled up, is actually like an intimidation thing. You like push a guy against the wall and you fake punch him and he runs off. I'm like that's pretty sweet. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, this, this if you guys like Yakuza games, this this is a you just got to play these Judgment games. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. I kind of I think I like the Judgment series better than the Yakuza series. Maybe a bold statement, but um I'm I'm just I'm loving this game. Kind of kind of sad that I pushed it off as far as I did in my in my gaming, but um I had some other games in in the way. I was replaying Mass Effect 2, which I I beat that again. So I wanted to get through that <laughs> before I jumped on to uh, Lost Judgment. So and oh yeah, and within Lost Judgment, um you know you can play all the arcade games kind of similar like Shinmu. And they had uh, Sonic Fighters, if you remember that game, arcade Sonic-themed fighting game, which I've never played until now. So I played through that as Knuckles, just for fun. I, one. You know, I think I played it on PSN once. Okay, I want to say it was released on PSN uh, on PS3. And I think I played it there. I know I had uh, I think that's a really cool inclusion. It's like a really deep cut. I had a uh, Fighters Mega Mix, and you could unlock yeah. two characters from that game yep. in Fighters Mega Mix, which is pretty cool. And, and I played Fighters Mega Mix before I played this one because I actually have Fighters Mega Mix mm. on the Saturn. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. But yeah, I, 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 was, I saw that. I, I walked in the arcade and I kind of saw the same games you always see. Like, uh, well, what do they have? Um, I already lost it. Oh, they had Fighting Vipers, I think, which was on the last one. And uh, of course they had like the crane machines and stuff, but then I saw Sonic Fighters. Ooh, I gotta try that. So, and you can get, and that's the beauty of those games. Like you can play the main story, but then you can get so lost in side missions. They have like drone races, which is hilarious. Um, you can go play darts and bowl, and it's just, or, or like you did, Aaron. You just went and played Sudoku for <laughs> hours. Oh before. yeah, I know uh, Mahjong. Yeah. Or Mahjong. Sorry. Don't get me started on that. I get hooked on that too. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Mahjong, that's exactly what happens. I'm like, oh, man, it's so great that, uh, you know, this Mahjong game has a whole, uh, you know, beat-em-up RPG inside of it. It's, yeah. it's amazing. <laughs> I'm probably just going to play more of this Mahjong. That's exactly, yeah. that's my brain going in. I don't know uh, if, you've, if you've seen the episode <laughs> of The Office where, where Dwight was playing Second Life, and then he, yes. created, he created Second Life within Second Life. <laughs> like, oh, I feel like yeah. that's what I'm doing. <laughs> That's that's what it feels like, yeah. <laughs> Get that. Yeah. But I, I've been playing a lot of stuff. I, I played Metroid Dread, which is a real cool game if you like Metroidvanias. Yeah, I did want to pick that up. Yeah, it's sweet. Um, I, I restarted playing, and I don't know why this came out of nowhere in, in <laughs> my entertainment, but uh, I started binge-watching South Park. Like I've, I've, all, I've seen like the first two or three seasons. Yeah, but, same uh, here. And then I, then I dropped off, and you know, I saw the movie, and I don't know what it was. Maybe... You know, you just get into different things and you stop. Yeah. But well, I never I, stopped liking it. Exactly. And and I, I played the games a while back. If you guys ever played uh, The Fractured Butthole or uh, Stick of Truth. Um, I beat The Fractured Butthole, but then I restarted Stick of Truth a while back um, just for something to do on the road. Uh, we were out of vacation and I wanted to play like an RPG. And that kind of got me back into... Yeah, I, kept, I kept seeing these characters. I'm like, I don't even know who these dudes are. So I started watching the show again like while I'm playing the game. So it's been kind of <laughs> neat to... So if I sit back and you know spend an hour watching South Park, I'm usually playing the game at the same time. I'm like, oh, I know that character now. I just I, was, I, I I enjoy South Park because it makes fun of everything. Like if if you're oh, offended, yeah. you're gonna get offended by that game. But it makes fun of like things that I hold dear in my heart, like you know like certain religions and. But it's just great. It's like they poke fun of everybody. You just gotta kind of have a light heart. Oh, it's so true. Yeah, it's so true. 
Uh, I still need to dip into those. And, There's you know, a- Obsidian uh, worked on one or two of those. So I know they're good quality yeah. stuff. Uh, oh, for me, uh, you know what? It's been long enough that I don't even think we talked about that surprise announcement. Did we the Switch Online Switch expansion Online, pack? Switch Online, no. I know yeah, we've, we've, that uh, includes a lot of articles have been posted on our page, but <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, so so it's um, it's something where you pay a bit more money. Um, I think it's like fifty dollars a year instead of the twenty or thirty. Yeah, and I don't know. Uh, I do the family plan, so it was already like thirty or forty for me, and I think it went up to like seventy for the family plan if you do the whole thing. Right, yeah. right. And and I I'm on my brother's family plan, so I'm just like, well, do I need to throw him <laughs> throw him a few bones and be like, all right, grab this. Um, but yeah, so I downloaded the apps, but of course you can't play them until they're activated. But the N64 one includes. Uh, Right now it's two, four, six, eight titles. Uh, a lot of the bigger ones, uh, you know, Mario 64, Star Fox 64, uh, Zelda, and then um, you know, one of one of my absolute favorites um, was why can't I freaking remember? The, I think I think it's Sin and Punishment. I think that's the one. That yeah, yeah, that's a treasure uh, that's game. That's absolutely right? great game. Um, underrated. Yeah. Um, now the Sega Genesis one, they kind of just took a selection of about two, four. I'm looking at it right now. Two, four, six, seven. About 14 games, and I'm sure they'll add more. Um, but it looks like it's M2 working at least on the Sega Genesis one. I see the same background logo that looks like they pulled the menu and the. Um, the layout straight from the Sega Genesis Mini, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Um, and the games on there look like they're all pulled from that line. So you're not going to see any surprises. I'd say the coolest inclusion, I mean, I'm always down to play, you know, Shining Force and Golden Axe and <laughs> Contra and Castlevania. Um, but this one has, yeah. has those. And then uh, Fantasy Star 4, Musha, Gunstar Heroes, Streets of Rage 2, Sonic 2. So it's it's got really, really good variety of games out of the gate. No super duper surprises. But, you know, that can change later on. I just, I kind of wish that um, it was just sort of part of the Nintendo online experience and that they yeah. didn't charge you more to get it. Because, I mean, these are... You know, 20, 30-year-old games. Um, and that I seems to be the controversy right now. Like, I haven't seen mm-hmm. many art- articles out there saying it's worth the money. I think uh, I- I'm more intrigued by the Nintendo 64, basically, because of right. Mario Golf, Mario Tennis. Love those games. I could play those with the kids. And then I never played the original Paper Mario. I played most of the other Paper Mario. Me Marios, neither. Uh, I, I, was I missed by out that. on that completely. Um, but you know you can't say that publicly, Nick. Oh, sorry, sorry. Sega uh, shows. You got to keep that. Sh- you can you can talk to me about that after the show. Yeah, what, uh, what was the Sonic RPG on DS? <laughs> I should talk about that. Man. I played that a little bit. Hey, that was made by Bioware. Yeah, I know. I actually enjoyed that game. I know the the sound sucked, but I actually kind of. I did, it. but uh, you know, I watched my son play it a bit, and it did look pretty neat. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you. There's some cool looking 64 games that I just never, never played. But I, you know, in franchises that I like. So I, I dig that. And then Winback, that's like a crazy weird inclusion, right? <laughs> just yeah, it was a random. I mean, it was a cool game, but it's a random Koei game showing up on the list here. Uh, but that seems to be the way Nintendo goes, at least on like Super Nintendo and NES, where it's just like, well, we can't always uh, get the top tier developers <laughs> in here. So we'll do all the first party. And then here's some, you know, publishers or developers that are actually still around that are not putting their games in a separate bundle somewhere. <laughs> and like my, some of my favorite 64 games were those wrestling games. And I'm sure with uh, licensing, they can't get those back. Oh, no, sir, that's not going to happen. I mean, <laughs> I just saw in the, uh, in the news, I, I read it in the papers. Uh, <laughs> I read that they, that the Konami had to take down metal gear solid two and three from the storefronts. Because they lost the license to some of the archival footage that they used. (laughs) So who knows when those will come back. That's that's part of the argument for why you should hold on to physical copies of things. Yeah, exactly. At least when they're not. I mean, these days you could have a physical copy of something. But then when you load it up, it's like, oh, well, we got to download something anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Like what? What was that Metroidvania game came out for 360? Like right around the indie times. I oh, lost that one. Shadow Complex. Yeah, I love that. I had game. that on my 360, and oh man, I lost the 360, and I I, I love that game. But I think it's been remastered, and you can okay go go grab it. I mean, that was a uh, that kind of that company, right? It was Chair, and it was like a division of uh, Epic, I want to say, right? I think so. And right. Yeah, and so they, I think they made that, and then they made these mobile uh, sword games. I forget what they were called, but they were hugely popular for a little while, these sword fighting games. And then um, I think the main guy from that company, Donald Mustard, I think he ended up just, that company just kind of got folded back into Epic or something happened. And so now I think he just works on Fortnite, and that's like their (laughs) their bread and butter, right? (laughs) Just prints money. Um, yeah, so bringing it back, Sega Snippets. Uh, the only other really interesting thing I saw was, uh, I don't know, there was an announcement that Paprium uh, was going back to Kickstarter to release a digital version of the game. I think it was on PS4. I, didn't, I don't think I saw Switch, but uh, there, you know, a few modern uh, consoles. So... I thought that was interesting, you know, that particular, the one guy who still left at Watermelon, because uh, everyone else is just like, nope. <laughs> uh, he said some controversial things yeah. in terms, it just like, he does not know how to be his own PR guy. I feel like he's kind of shot himself in the foot a few times. Yeah. But I always I'm, give, has, I, has I anyone give the final product. Has anyone no, I think it was. I don't think so because it was running on a special chip. Okay. Um, gotcha. And so I think at this point, I think my buddy was supposed to get a copy of it, but 
anytime he announces something new on Twitter, people are just like, you know, it's been two years and I or four years and I still haven't received my physical copy I ordered. Some people did get their physical copies, which is great. Um, it looks awesome. I've seen the it videos. looks awesome, but until I actually get to play it, I I can't make any informed comments on the game yeah. except for on the soundtrack, which you know my. Uh, two of my good buddies worked on so i know that part's really good but i uh, haven't gotten to play the actual game yet yep. i yeah, hope it does come out on a platform we can play it on um <laughs> if we can't nab a physical copy on sega genesis exactly yeah i, I love the art style and i've seen some of the gameplay it looks real fluid and kind of kind of my it looks up like, style. yeah i mean it's um uh, Streets of Rage 2 um, on steroids a bit, so that's great. Sigh. I think that's all I had for Sega snippets. I, you know, I think the only other thing I thought of just offhand was that I did see that if you're into the Sakura Wars games, there was a new translation coming out for one of the Game Boy versions of that game series so those games are slowly getting released um you know fan translated or translated in general to english so that's pretty cool because that's one of uh sega's especially in japan it's one of their big franchises um but over here it's virtually unknown so yeah there you go uh, another news piece um didn't sega sign some kind of a deal with microsoft like some kind of a partnership Am I dreaming that? Oh, yeah. Uh, you are not dreaming that. Um, I don't know what it's going to be, but I did see a little thing, a little blurb about it. Yeah, this here, here it goes. It says this this week, which was not this week, like a couple weeks ago, <laughs> Sega announced a press release that it's aligning with Microsoft strategically to explore the future of games development. Sega remains a massive company, despite being an early casualty of the console war against Nintendo and Sony. So, um and they've teamed yeah. up before. It wouldn't shock me. I mean, yeah. what? And, and every time you boot up a uh, a Dreamcast, well, you know, certain games have been, I would say powered by Microsoft CE. So, and I yeah, think and, Sega and, was instrumental in the the development of the Xbox. Exactly. That was you know every I think everyone assumed that was going to be like your Dreamcast Part Two, especially with Shinmu coming out. And I had because when I got it. Like, I literally, the only games I got with my Xbox when I first got it was Shinmu 2, and uh, there was, like, a dual disc of uh, Jet Set Radio and Sega GT Rally or something. So I was like, yeah, oh, all I do Sega. remember that. <laughs> but but <laughs> I was going to say, like, 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 like a blow to Sega, which kind of sucks. Um, did you read that the director of uh, Yakuza and Lost Judgment um, is actually leaving the Ryu Guy Got 2 studio? So that sucks. Yeah, <laughs> that does kind of stink, because it's like yeah. that... That's quickly becoming, uh, I know, yours and mine, just one of our favorite Sega franchises. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, he finds, uh, I, don't, I don't know if he's retiring in general or if he finds a new venture, but um, yeah. I don't yeah, know. I hope it, he doesn't if, end if up wasn't... like, uh, well, I was just thinking about another Sega employee who left and then just hasn't found as much success and that i think that was yuji naka um you know the, the sonic creator and then he ended up uh, he ended up creating what was it ballin wonder world 
Arbalan Wonderworld and I um, can't remember the exact name of that game. Someone's going to correct me. Um, it's Balan Wonderworld. Yes. Gotcha. And that game completely tanked. It was supposed to be, people thought it was going to be like a mix of Sonic and Knights and um, all the reviews and things I've, I've seen about it say it's just like, it looks pretty, but it's very shallow. Yeah, it's kind of hard. Sorry, to, back to you. It's kind of yeah. hard to create a new mascot like that nowadays. I think you're, it may be a little <laughs> too far gone. Like a mascot game. Yeah, yeah. it is. You, uh, It's like there are modern conventions and things that people expect, and if you can't really deliver on those things, then it's going to be, it's going to seem very antiquated, and then yeah. you're kind of, like, who is this really for? Is it for the people that were fans of your older stuff? Um, and then it's like suddenly you're you're trying to appeal to everyone and you're appealing to no one. Yeah. And it's funny because, like, I'm always kind of griping. I wish I, you know, wish I could play some new IPs, but I think I'm part of the problem where I keep rebuying games like Skyrim and Resident Evil 4 and Mass Effect. Like, I just uh, keep playing all this crap. That, that, well, that happens to me. Like, I just got this new fancy gaming laptop, and it's like, oh, I should, you know, play the newest Bizbang flashy graphics games. And it's like, nope, I'm just going to load up, you know, some <laughs> game from the 90s that's, <laughs> yeah, or load up pinball that's totally not going to tax my system at all. <laughs> yeah. I'll hear you, man. <laughs> well, then I, uh, Hope they're not going to wake up right when I say this, but I, I bought the kids a uh, Oculus Quest 2 for Christmas. And uh, oh yeah, uh, they we got one. Yeah, yeah. I think I saw you on there when I loaded it up, but uh, no, I mean I saw that you had played it. But uh, they stayed at their uh, at my mom's house over the weekend, so I booted it up and I immediately looked and saw Resident Evil 4. I'm like, you know what? Yes, I can play, I yeah, can play that game that. again for the sixth time. No big deal. <laughs> I literally yeah, well, I have three copies of that sitting on my cool. shelf. I got it for the Wii, for yeah. the PS4, for the GameCube. <laughs> well, I yeah, I do want to pick it up for that because um, I don't know. There's just certain games that just have so much VR potential. Yeah. Um, so that that is high on the list. And and I'll say this about that: like I I never was. I think I've even said it on the show. Like VR has never really appealed to me. But I uh, I downloaded that Vader Immortal like Episode One um, just to yeah get the kids something to play. And uh, I'm yeah. not gonna lie, when when Darth Vader like walks up to you and you, and you're in, you got that stick of headset on, that's pretty intimidating. Like I literally looked up and I was like, whoa, <laughs> this is this is insane. Oh man, that's great. And then he does that force choke on you. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, the, there's 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 definitely like a niche for that. Um, I, I don't think I'll you know it'll it'll never become like my preferred kind of game. No. Place, but, uh, but it's fun. Maybe. It is fun. Um, I yeah, pinball. I did play Zen pinball in it, and I really oh, did cool. have a fun time with that. I like that because, you know, it's neat being able to like look. You know, like when you're playing real pinball, you can look closely at a table and you can see the different angles, or you can kind of look um, different ways that you can't do in virtual pinball. Yeah. Um, so it was. It was pretty cool, and and the other experience in there that I that I've done, and uh, the kids have enjoyed it too. Um, my wife got two of them for work, for work, oh, wow. because you know she's a speech professor, and she she might actually uh, I think she might use them next year um, on campus if it, if one of her students requested. But yeah, her department uh, 
you know, she asked for them and they, they gave her two of them. And that was um, awesome. of course they're sitting at our house. So that's, <laughs> I get to <laughs> use one if I, like, I want. <laughs> so if anyone you, knows of any Sega related products on this thing, let me know. There's gotta be something. The, uh, and I'll end with this. Like everyone kept talking about that Beat Saber game. I'm like, that looks stupid. And then I downloaded a demo. I'm like, oh, okay, this this is fun. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Beat Saber is is pretty um, pretty legit. You know how I could tie in um, the whole VR thing, which is we've talked about on the show briefly. The is that v- yeah. <laughs> Sega Sega VR, and then the prototype was unearthed. Um, and then it was actually emulated and I'm trying to recall, um, but there is a way to get that loaded into VR to check it out. So if I can find it, I will grab a link. Um, so people can check it out if they want to. Cool, man. Yeah. I don't think, uh, other than, the game we were going to play for Halloween that we didn't cover. I don't think I really did much else Sega wise. You know what? That's all right. That just means that we have more time to talk That's about right. Sega stuff for next time. That's exactly right. <laughs> well, with Sega snippets coming to an end in this show, I think we can go on to our next segment, which is uh, the last minute I put it up a question, which was kind of worked out well for what? us, but it's uh, Ask Aaron. Aaron Hickman is a dude. Who knows a lot about Sega games? Ask him questions, it's okay. And he will answer them if he wants. What? I mean, we went this far into the episode without Ask Aaron. I know. Man, that's crazy. <laughs> so, uh, listeners, if you'd like to ask Aaron a question, we do post a uh, Ask Aaron segment on the Facebook group um, before our shows. So you can join that at facebook.com slash group slash Slash what? What is it? I already lost my notes. Slash Bit Brothers, and we'll right. post a cool, cool picture of Aaron. Uh, in this case, we posted a picture of him holding a pumpkin, which is pretty cool. So, the questions came in, and the first one comes from our good friend Ken, who actually designed our uh, logo for us. So thanks, Ken. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ken says, uh, "Which does Aaron like better, Arcade One Up or Arcade Legends from Matt Games?" Ooh. So. I think he's talking about, yeah, he's talking about the arcade offerings and, oh, that's tough. You know what? I'm I'm biased because I've only gotten to play on the arcade one-up uh, yeah. platform, and those were pretty solid. Now, the arcade legends, I think the difference is that you get more games in general on there um or, or i guess just depending on which one you get but if you get like the arcade legends i want to say if it's the one i'm thinking of um it's bigger you know i think it's full size compared to like the miniature arcade one-up offerings and then there's like just a bunch more games you can play on it from different um developers now if you're talking about what I think about the pinball offerings, Arcade One Up just came up came out with their own, you know, virtual pinball yeah, those are uh, cool. t- table, and they look cool. Um, and those are, I think, the Zen pinball games in there. 
And then if you get the uh, the one from at games, you get their pinball offering. You get some of the I guess it's the Gottlieb collection from um, Pinball Arcade, which are, are decent. But the the real thing on that one is that it's got a bigger back glass, and then you can even <laughs> attach. You can buy a special controller panel. So that you can play vertical screen arcade games on it from their Legends series, which is pretty neat. Um, but yeah, the pinball apparently is um, really good if you get the Zacharia games that I've talked about before. You can yeah. grab those. And and that is awesome. that's probably the setup I look forward to the most because you can also apparently do uh, OTG on the go and you can... Um, also hook that at games pinball up to your computer or up to your switch and you can play other pinballs that were not <laughs> designed for it right so it it kind of is a really nice uh, a decently priced way if if you're not building your own virtual pinball set but I know it wasn't his original question, but it kind of made my mind go to that because um, I did do a bunch of research into, into both of those. And I do think the at games, though I've slagged off at games in the past, um, I think they have the better offering, at least for the pinball. And the Legends just seems like there's just more to it than what you're getting out of uh, the at game stuff. Yeah, and, and I'm going to be completely honest. Until that question was asked, and I'm sitting here Googling and listening to you, I didn't even know this thing existed. Like, where have I been? <laughs> this is pretty good. Yeah. It's, and it's about like, the same price, too. I'm seeing it. It's right around, like, if you go to Sam's Club, it's like at $4.99, which a lot of these uh, arcade one-ups, you know, with two or three games are about the same price. You're getting a full-size arcade cabinet with a ton of games in there. I'm kind of wondering, like, what the sound... I know at games has never been good on, like, the sound side of things with some of the home consoles, but... It's gotten, yeah, I think this is better now. Okay. Um, they've, they've finally caught up, and it's not the cheap stuff they were doing for Sega Genesis. Um, I think the emulation on this is much better from what I've seen. Yeah, I've been I've been eyeballing some of those uh, one-ups. I'd love to have one in my little game room here. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like, right I, now. I'm looking at the arcade one-up offerings, and they get some pretty good licenses, which I have known. But I don't like that their caps are typically not like they're only they're really miniature, right? And then you have to yeah. put them on a riser, and it still feels kind of small for tall folks like us. Um, so I I don't know. Um, I just feel like that Legends might be better bang for the buck. But you know, sometimes it's like, well, maybe my favorite games. Or NBA Jam, or you know, a Mortal Kombat game. Like yeah. I, I get it. Or X Men, or or whatever. Or maybe the 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 cab art looks better. It also turns out you can hack these things, from what I understand. <laughs> so maybe it's a a moot point. Yeah, I'm kind of like at this point, I'm just like I would take anything just to have a cool looking arcade cabinet in my room. Same here. <laughs> arcade cab, pinball. Yep, I'll take them both. <laughs> good question that was a great question yeah thanks ken i'm kind of glad he asked that because now i know something that i didn't know yeah cool that's why we ask Aaron, so we learn 
<laughs> our, our uh, good friend Nick DeMarco, which Nick, I owe you an article posting, so apologies for that. I'm going to make it happen. It's on my to-do list. I but, think he uh, talked <laughs> about uh, Little Mermaid. Yeah, exactly. Good old Capcom. Um, oh, I, oh, we'll make a small correction there. Uh, oh, is it, it is Capcom on NES, but ah, on right. Sega Genesis... It's Blue Sky Software, yeah, who would go exactly on to make right. uh, Shadowrun and Vector Man. So that's exactly right. Really interesting that they made that one. Yep. I was actually uh, one of the old podcasts. It's not, it's not old. It's still around the uh, Factory Sealed podcast. I think they covered yeah. Little Mermaid on on the NES, and I wrote in about that. So that's why that was stuck in my head. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, Nick asks, man, and now you can sprout pumpkins under your arm with just a smile. What other hidden skills do you have? I don't know. I feel like Nick is always talking about uh, Rob Luther's hidden skill skills, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. Like his uh, 3D crust, white, whitened teeth or something. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. And that, uh, you know, he could blind people uh, with the whiteness of his teeth. He, need, he needs what, to like write. He needs to write like a, a science fiction novel about Rob Luther. Like, there's a lot of cool superpowers there going on. Uh, yeah i i think well i think nick's just a great writer in general um <laughs> I, I don't know you know i hope people are picking up on the humor it's like if if you've been around long enough like you get it but if, if you if you're going in cold you're like what's what is he talking about i know <laughs> and, and i can't remember it was years ago but like he always rags us about like in the genesis and uh he was just messing around on a post one time and someone was like you need to lay off like i think they took it kind of personal <laughs> Yes, leave Sega alone. <laughs> they had tears in their eyes. Leave Sega alone. No, uh, we we can take it. You know right. what? It's okay. Just don't say anything about our boy Sonic. Yes. Hurt my feelings. Exactly. Right. Okay. And do you have any uh, special hidden talents? I think do that's I have what. Any a... Special hidden talents. Um, you know what? I can snap my finger without. Um, actually snapping like this is a normal snap, but I can snap my thumb. Nope. With, yeah. <laughs> I, so I'm making a sound when my thumb like hits. Yeah. So my thumb can hit my uh, my first finger. It'll bump up against it, and it sounds like a snap, but it's not. Um, it's huh. it's like when you see someone where they can kind of pop their their joint. Yeah. That that's yeah. that's what's happening. The, it's a uh, gross little party trick I had when I was a kid. Uh, <laughs> it's like that same thing where it's like you you watched uh, i forgot what movie it was parenthood or something where it's like you you see the guy like show his disappearing thumb like that's what it's like oh man i gotta learn that trick uh i'm trying to think if i have any hidden skills that i have not beaten to death on this podcast you know it's just like yeah i do music and um i sing okay and what else right um, it turns out I can DJ a wedding, so there you go. There you go. Yeah, you kind of already answered it. <laughs> Didn't know I could do that, and I did the whole thing. <laughs> I've I've come to find out. I'm sure you you kind of feel it too. Like any anything like with technology, like I can usually wing my way yeah. through things. Like it's just that is exactly just what happened. Yep. You yep. Just, you're just like the areas of my expertise. I'm like, okay, I've done a podcast. Or, you know, I've done podcasting for about 10 years. Okay, so I've got the AV side. I've edited shows. Um, I've had to lug equipment around to, you know, band stuff and whatever. And 
you know, in the back of your head, you're always thinking, well, what could possibly go wrong? Like Bubsy would think. And then you just plan for it. And all these things that you've done technology or music wise, it all kind of cumulatively adds up and you're like, oh, wow, I guess I am more of a not necessarily a pro right i'm like not like a pro dj or anything but you've built up enough skills where you're like oh i can actually put all that together and make something happen yeah i mean like like you mentioned with that microphone to the cell phone like i've done something similar um (laughs) i used i used to work at a radio station i worked there for years and uh early on like I, i used to work at this little christian radio station where they'd bring in like cassette tapes and i'd have to we had a cassette tape player and you'd have to take the tape player and then hook it up to the computer and, um, you know, kind of make it, make a computer track out of it, MP3 or whatever, and program it in. Yeah. Well, I, I, I used to show up kind of late and do that like the last minute because, <laughs> you know, I was a college kid <laughs> and, uh, the, the cassette t- player wasn't working. I was like, Oh crap. You know, these people pay money to get this on here. They're going to cancel their show. So like I went skirting around and I found an old boom box, like in the back closet and I brought it out and I, I turned the, uh, <laughs> the live mic from the dj on and just stuck the microphone up to the speaker of that boom oh, box and nice. played it through and i was like oh just save the, save this company a hundred dollars <laughs> oh man that's great yeah, yeah so kind of same thing <laughs> yes no or like man, when, i when, love when, it when when we're rehearsing music like uh in the band and like we're covering a song and someone's like how's that part go and i'll just hold my phone up to the like my bridge pickup and my guitar you know because it's pretty much just a microphone <laughs> so we can listen to it <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I remember. I think I told you about that, where it was just like um, you get that weird interference sometimes around an amp or a guitar. And it was at my brother's house, and I took a video of it, and it was like it picked up a, a Christian. It's always a Christian station, station, isn't it? A Christian broadcast station. <laughs> always, yep. And it was, you know, you just heard this guy saying the power of God. And I was just like, Whoa, okay. What happened? And you know, I was just, just playing guitar. And then yeah. suddenly whatever I was, it wasn't what I was playing. It was just whatever the sermon was. And it was, it was just so funny. Yeah. I, I've, I've invested in those noise killer uh, pedals to put at the end of my line. Those are the best things in the world. <laughs> Smart. Yeah. I've got one. Oh, cool. Oh, music talk, man. We just keep going at it. Don't we, we just, you know what? <laughs> I'm good. telling you guys, uh, we're going to have a spinoff, and uh, that's all there is to it. No, I think uh, it, it just happens when we haven't recorded in a while, and it's just like, I think for Nick and I, like, we'll catch up on Facebook, and we'll chat, um, but our actual, like, conversations, I don't, like, Nick and I don't call each other, so this is really us like catching at the podcast. up. <laughs> Yeah, whether we're recording or not, this is literally us catching up. So yep. you're getting the raw stuff there. That's right. Uh, we kind of come from similar, uh, you know, backgrounds with games and music. So oh, <laughs> we like yeah, to chat it's that. true. <laughs> it's, it's so true. Cool. And and thankfully, you guys uh, have have stuck with us through everything. <laughs> so, That's right. um, you know, we appreciate it. Cool. The uh, next question comes from Tyler Jones. I'm not sure you can answer this because I don't know that you've played it, but uh, what's your best time on Metroid Dread? Oh, uh, you know what? I'm going to defer to Nick because uh, it's in my wish list. I think I might just ask for it for Christmas, to be honest, because I'm getting my my wife a a record player um, for Christmas. And so I I know I asked for... 
<laughs> oh no, she already knows. So okay, cool. <laughs> we already got our big gifts, which were we we got laptops. Um, but then we're just like, okay, what what are we gonna get each other now besides, you know, anything else? Um, so yeah, like she already knows because I I I did the smart thing where it's just like don't get your spouse something like you gotta like figure out if they really want that thing. Um, and she did. So yeah, but uh, Metroid. Dread is at the top of my list as far as things uh, I want. So I will defer to you, Nick, on this one. Yeah, I haven't actually beat it. I put at least seven hours into it, which when I've read articles, it takes like what they say, about 10 to 11 hours, I think. So it's it's one of those games I usually just kind of play on the couch here and there because it, it, it's a good Metroid game because it doesn't have like that real thick story, so you don't have to be like real heavily involved. Um, but it, uh, it, it's a good one. I'm definitely going to beat it sometime, but um, it's looking right around about 10 hours if I stay on track where I think I'm at. There you go. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. All right. Our uh, friend Gabe Fangilder says, uh, how was your Halloween, Aaron? What's your thoughts on Sega on the Nintendo Switch new service? Which you kind of already answered that, so I guess you can just talk about how your Halloween was. Oh, yeah. Uh, Halloween was great. Uh, I, I didn't have my kids on Halloween day uh that yeah so that weekend was the weekend i had to drive up um and do the the wedding so i ended up switching weeks and we did all of our halloween stuff early it turns out there were a lot of pumpkin patch events and we did that and it was awesome so uh, i got to dress up with my kids and my wife and um we also Went to some of those trunk retreats around town, and yeah, it was great. Kids got a ton of candy, um, and it was super fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I think- that was uh, some of the weirdest timing, because like, right when you start talking about Halloween, my dog just randomly starts like howling, which oh. I've never heard him do in, in my entire life. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> Must be a full moon. So ho- hopefully that got on the show. I hope it did. <laughs> <laughs> My wife's laughing in the background uncontrollably. So. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> so, oh, man. I was listening. I just couldn't quit, quit laughing at my dog. <laughs> I, think, I, think he was, I think he was dreaming because he's out of it. <laughs> you were hey, talking about so, Halloween and he's howling at the moon. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I, I feel bad that we haven't thrown in a single joke. Um, like a single bad dad joke. So I, I've got a question for you, Nick. Oh, okay. What is it? Uh, do you want to hear a bad dad joke related to this episode? I, I do. Okay. All right. Here, here's one I found. Uh, one day, you know, I sent my uh, my baby to the army. They put her in the infantry. <laughs> <laughs> I think the other one I, I, I like because these are all pretty dumb. Um, people who wear sleeveless shirts in the army... Defend their right to bear arms. <laughs> so terrible. No, I, oh, I, I, I was good. trying to do things around general chaos, like okay, branches of the military. Okay, this works. yeah, I, I have I have quite a few, but I'll I'll read one because I I found some about the army too. Uh, this one said, uh, "I used to be an artist before I joined. Afterward, they told me I'd never be an officer, probably because I always kept drawing fire." <laughs> oh man. I got one more. Uh, my father <laughs> used to work as a baker when he was serving. He used to go in all buns glazing. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we may be on the same website. <laughs> oh, I think we are. 
<laughs> and we must be. Cause, the one you um, said about the infantry, I saw that one too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Those are great. All right. Oh, so, uh, there any more questions? Yeah, there's a couple more. Uh, Brad Dahl asks, what's your favorite portable retro system? The, no, no, the, blah, the Nomad doesn't count either. Oh, if, oh, man, the Nomad doesn't count. I think you and I would probably agree on this. Uh, I'd probably have to hand it to the Switch. And someone might argue with me that it's not technically a portable, but it's kind of both, right? It's... It's a portable and it's a console all in one. Um, but I think that's really, if you're talking about like a classic one, um, that's tricky. And it's not the Nomad. Yeah. <laughs> Nomad was pretty sweet. I did like the Game Gear, but I hated the screen. Um, yeah, like if it ever moved. Battery it's like everything just went blurry. <laughs> I feel like the Neo Geo Pocket Color uh, is the unsung hero uh, of the... Swan you know, song? No. Yeah, the Wonder Swan song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Um, those, I mean, those those uh, consoles that competed with the Game Boy and the Game Boy Color. Uh, you, you were just waiting for me to say Gamecom. Yeah, man, that was... <laughs> But no, really, I still have nightmares it, um, about getting that for Christmas because it happened. <laughs> the Neo Geo Pocket Color is just a, such a cool little system, very collectible. There weren't a ton of games made for it, but SNK and Sega, um, you know, there were Sega IPs like Sonic on there. Um, there were just really good games on there, and there were some RPGs, and there was Baseball Stars, I want to say. Um, if you ever get a chance, and it, if you can find it physically, grab it. If you can't, then go emulate it. Uh, you will not be disappointed, and the fighting games play extremely well. That's cool. I'm with you on the Switch, but I think like if I had to go back, uh, that's probably a pretty cliche answer. But the uh, just the Game Boy Advance, like the SP, yeah. especially. Like there's so many good games on there. Like I, I really got into a lot of action RPGs on there. Like what was the the shining games i always played on there shining souls i think um of course those, those are made under the atlas banner but uh so, so good and uh gosh I, I think that's where i first played um one of those games uh the mana series the sword of mana that's where yeah. i really got into those games like just there's just some amazing games on that console Ooh, now you can get that uh remake uh oh wait you can get the remake of that one i think the remake of that came out uh, that was a, on Game Boy Advance, right? The, yeah, the first, yeah. yeah. But you, there was a recent remake of what was it? Secret of Mana Three, yeah. or yeah, yeah. Um, and that was called Final Trials Legend, of Mana. Yeah, yeah and, and you could get that on Switch recently. Yep. Cool. Yeah, that always kind of threw me for a loop because those games spawned from Final Fantasy Legend, didn't they? Like the, right. Uh, well, so, there was yeah. Final Fantasy Adventure. Adventure. Final Fantasy, yeah. Final Fantasy Legend was the Saga series. Yep, and yep, yep. I want to say in Europe, it might have just been called Final Fantasy for some reason. <laughs> um, just real weird. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> some awesome stuff. I still have it. Uh, my SP is actually still plugged in. I still play a. There's a World Series Baseball that. Uh, who made that game? It, it wasn't. like Of course, uh, Sega was a always big on the world series baseball but world series baseball i'm gonna find this game boy 
You'd be surprised who actually made this game. I'm thinking it's like THQ. I would be surprised. There was a okay. Shinobi game on Game Boy Advance not made yeah, by it, Sega, and it's not very good. So I'm curious. Yeah, it, it, it was just um, Baseball Advance is what it's called. It was made by THQ and Sega. Okay. The, uh, the, uh, the uh, sorry, I'm trying to say here, the, the actual developer was part of the Sega AM2, which is really cool. So, okay. Um, it was a little different than what the like the World Series baseball, but the the gameplay was wonderful. It's one of those. Of course, I'm real big into retro baseball games, but it was one of those like hidden gems, in my opinion, for a baseball game. Real good one. Oh yeah, man! I used to play the. This is surprising. Uh, one of the baseball games I played the most, and it wasn't very good, but maybe it was just being able to play portable baseball. Uh, a friend of mine gave me baseball for the original Game Boy, and I for some reason, man, it was just like. It was just one of the ten games I had for Game Boy, <laughs> or five games, whatever it was, and I would just play that nonstop. So I like I, I like I get that the game. appeal of I yeah it, it wasn't terrible uh, it wasn't like anything to write home about, but I think portable sports games just have an appeal in general. Yeah. Yeah, there was a uh, I could go on and on about that. I won't, but uh, <laughs> I was supposed to start a podcast about that and never did. So mm. well, uh, eventually, we're gonna get there. <laughs> I was yeah. supposed to cover two Switch games um, for a certain <laughs> Switch up podcast we were doing, and I never did. So you know what? One turn, <laughs> one good turn deserves another. So there you go. That's right. Um. So. Who knows when that will be, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> Looks like there's one more question and some uh, honorable mentions of a uh, post here, but I'll ask the last question. Sure. It comes from Michael Michael Kelso. It just says, what are you going to do with that pumpkin? <laughs> uh, that pumpkin patch was amazing because they had a pumpkin launcher there. Uh, literally <laughs> a giant slingshot, and you couldn't, you couldn't slingshot those size pumpkins, but they have like little baby pumpkins right next to it. And uh, just some, you know, elastic tubing and one of those pouches. And, and it was, it was a blast. It was like that same place had a uh, zip line. It had a, cool. a hayride and it had, uh, yeah, it's just, it had bouncy houses for the kids. Um, but yeah, my favorite thing was probably just launching pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And, and, hit, and hitting targets. Uh, not children running around, I promise. There were no children running back there. Um, <laughs> it wasn't like that. Well, you know, you remember uh, it was Simpsons. It was uh, Virtual Bart. Had Virtual that Bart, mode. Yes. Right, where you would launch, I think it was, uh, was it balloons? Was it I think it's water balloons. balloons, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it had this fake 3D effect going on, and you had to sort of, and it was impressive for the time, and you'd have to sort of figure out how far to launch your balloon into the screen, and it had a 3D effect, and you were trying to hit people with it. So for some reason, it just made me think, like, what that would look like if it was a mini game. <laughs> so... There you go. That's cool. And I don't know if you saw this about 10 hours ago, if you haven't been on that thread again, Aaron. Uh, there's a uh, interesting Photoshop picture um, where someone swapped the pumpkin with your head <laughs> and vice versa. So, <laughs> That's and, uh, amazing. 
Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you saw that or not, but it's from. Uh, I did not, but now I am very curious. Um, <laughs> that's kind of hilarious. Um, you'll get a chuckle. You'll get a chuckle out of who did it too. <laughs> so, oh man. Good old Dan Vasilia. I never can't say his last name right. Dan Vasilia. Vasilia. I always want to say Vasilia. Oh, man. (laughs) Good Photoshop job. I like it. (laughs) did a great job. (laughs) I just saw it. That's amazing. Yeah, he's he's a character. Like, he's done that stuff before. Uh, Or just, like, really goofy (laughs) Photoshop pictures. (laughs) I like that the pumpkin has a face on it. (laughs) Uh, That's amazing. Uh, yeah, good, good I, job, I got, Dan. Real, I got a big kick out of that. <laughs> and I like the, if you saw some of the threads under that, Nick DeMarco had a nice hashtag. It says Pumpkinhead Hickman. So. Oh, that's great. <laughs> not, not enough video games starting uh, Pumpkinheads or David S. Pumpkins or whatever. <laughs> Need more of those. Ichabod Aaron. Yes, Ichabod Aaron strikes again. We've got to have a little Halloween flavor in this episode, even if it's not Halloween anymore. Yeah, yeah, true. (laughs) Oh, cool. Well, that does it for Ask Aaron, and it also does it for part one of this show. We're going to release this as one episode, but we're going to record it in two listeners, so don't uh, just kind of just kind of go with it that's what we're gonna do yeah it'll be seamless you will not even you won't feel that slight pinch in your ear at all exactly (laughs) all right hey Aaron game on game on game on yeah game on game on game on all right part two well, not for you all, because you'll be hearing this one big episode, but uh, I think Aaron and I took, like, what, a week <laughs> before recording this side of it? Who knows? Who knows? But, yeah, General Chaos. And, uh, I uh, I don't have the most fond memories of this game. Um, I was very leery of anything that looked like a strategy game. At, at the time, I was kind of digging <laughs> a lot of Genesis. That's um, so I didn't really I didn't really play this game much at all, if, if at any. Um, I was very intrigued by the artwork. Um, of course, being a big fan of like Arch Rivals and other games like that, I, I really, I really appreciated that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Rampage. And this, this is this is those guys. These, you no, know, one guy's a designer and one's the, the artist primarily and uh, concept guy. And yeah, their their game is almost like an in-house style to their games, right? Yeah, and it's very it's, cartoony. Very cartoony, and, and these guys pour love into these games because, like, I was just telling you I had the manual in front of me, and there's a whole bio about them that got, a, like, a picture together, and they actually have, like, a whole comic book written about this game, which was really hilarious. I'll get into that more a <laughs> li- little bit later with the story mode. But this manual was huge. Like, the first, I'm counting here, like, the first 20 pages is nothing but the cartoon, or the uh, the comic book explaining the backstory of the strategy game that doesn't really seem to have much backstory when you play the game. No, no, <laughs> there's, like, no backstory, uh, which is which is hilarious. That's, that's kind of what they did back in the 90s, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you know, like I I know what you're saying, where it's just like, oh man, it's another, it's a strategy game. Am I gonna get into this? But um, it's it's pretty simple once you get the hang of it. And there's like um, a tutorial mo- mode, which most of these games back then did yeah. not have, and that was a huge thing too. Where it's just like, oh wow, like they clearly outline every pretty much every concept in the game you need to know i would say there's only one thing they don't clearly explain which is um how you can lose hand-to-hand combat <laughs> even though oh. you think you won 
<laughs> so, so yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and talk about that because um, there's actually is an explanation in the book. And it actually it actually worked. Um, basically, if you don't mix up your strikes, because if you hit like up down uh, with the punch and then like the same thing with the kicks, if you don't mix them up enough, the other guy will just kill you. So basically, if you just throw the same punch over and over again, which I was doing, um, <laughs> it'll. If you, uh, if you just keep hitting them in the uh, the no no region, then. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, the guy yeah, will uh, fire one page, off at you. Page 28 of the manual actually says, Note, it is recommended that you vary your close combat moves or you suffer a surprise from your opponent. Like I And I, <laughs> I've watched so many reviews talk about how they couldn't understand how that worked. And once I did that, like I'd, I'd, I'd mix up like a high punch, a low kick, and, and, and this and that. And then I, I never got shot. I literally went through a whole gameplay playthrough without even getting shot once. So it actually worked. Does work. And Isn't that, neat? Uh, that I mean, that is it. Sometimes it helps to read the manual. Who knew? Who knew? Yeah. Well, I Nowadays, played it for you don't like even get three hours before. I played it for yeah. hours before figuring it out. <laughs> right. So did I. And well, even when, the, like for me, um, I want to say, I don't think we rented it, but I found it at a pawn shop and picked it up and maybe like 98 or 99, uh, where I was with my brother and we pick, picked up a copy. Um, I think that's when I first played it, and I remember seeing ads for it, or, or or at least seeing it, you know, for rent before then. But I never played it, and um, yeah, it looked interesting. You know, it was definitely an original IP uh, for EA that Game Refuge was doing. Um, so yeah, I want to say when I first played it, um, I didn't, you know, I didn't think much of it. But then when I actually fired it up and we played it in two-player mode, it's like, oh wow! Like I recognize the style of this game. It's got a very specific cadence to how yeah. things move that you'll recognize right away if you played Rampage or even Pigskin Football or uh, which we covered uh, Arch Rivals. Yeah, which we we did cover. Uh, we haven't covered Arch Rivals yet, uh, but I'm sure we'll get to that one day. Um, we'll just go through all the game refuge games. <laughs> yeah, which which playing this, I actually went and uh, bought our Rivals. It isn't here yet, but I downloaded the ROM too, so I could play oh, a little bit of it because I just I kind of missed that whole. I don't know. Our Rivals was, was really awesome, but um, yeah, I was gonna say, did you know that they actually uh, one of the guys that made this game, the the Brian Collin, he actually started a uh, Kickstarter to make a sequel back in 2013, and it fell short like a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> It's just sad that it fell short, but I did get to see the pitch video, and it looked pretty solid. I feel like... Oh, did you? Okay, I didn't get to watch it. Yeah, there's a pitch video. You can watch, uh, like, actual gameplay footage, too. I think well, I think they went back later um, and tries, tried to raise more money for it. Um, but okay. you can see that video on YouTube, uh, which is going to be, I think, General Chaos 2 or something like that. I think they still have the rights. But I feel like it's, it's kind of a timeless concept, and now there's more people playing, like, you know... MOBAs and and types of games where it's you know multiplayer um, battle games that really fit in with the concept of this game, which is like a the Sega Genesis game. It's you know it's a single screen RTS real time strategy game on a really simple scale, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and yeah, kind of speaking about that, like we we already mentioned, Gay Refuge developed this. This was published by EA, which is which is neat because EA did a lot of good like a lot of good collaboration with Genesis. I think just because of the fact that there's so many like 
console exclusive games from EA like on the Sega Genesis. So this is another one. So you definitely what didn't was have the, this on the Super Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, no, you didn't have anything like this on Super Nintendo. And this was, um, it was an interesting concept. And I, I want to say, like, I think Game Refuge pitched it, and it worked out well because it was a multi, it was a good use of the multi-tap, right? So EA was already pitching these other games that had multiplayer support. And this was an original IP, you know, military theme with that support and, you know, kind of cartoony and fun. But what the other thing interesting I found out was if you go to the Game Refuge site, uh, they've worked on so many games for Bally Midway going back to the early yeah. 80s, these two specific guys. Um, and you can go to their website and we can post a link to it. And you can see every game they've worked on. Um, a, lot, a lot of heavy hitters, like we said, Rampage, Spy Hunter, Xenophobe. But there was one game called Ant Raid, which I'd never really heard about before. And this was as early as 1981. They were working on a similar concept to a dog barking. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Who's barking back there? Um Oh, Nick! Nick just ran off. I think he uh, he. Heard nah, I was I was just turning the mute button on while they while they yeah. barked. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he that was Nick saying stop talking. Uh, to the <laughs> stop talking. <laughs> stop talking to the dog, right? I didn't um, yell. Sometimes when I yell, they get worse. I just oh, I just man. went completely quiet. <laughs> oh man! So the, so the the game was called Ant Raid apparently, and it would have been similar to General Chaos. But you would have used a trackball. This was all the way back in 1981. Uh, and you would have had cartoony characters um, that were kind of defending an ant colony. And it would have been in real time, like General Chaos, on a single screen. But what happened was they tested it out. And it worked great in multiplayer, but it didn't test well in single player. So they ended up just canning it. But I, from what I read on the website was that... Uh, some of the concepts from Ant Raid made it into stuff like uh, Arch Rivals, uh, Arc Rivals, Pigskin, Football, and, and General Chaos. So just interesting stuff you can find if you go to uh, to the website. It's really cool seeing this designer. Like they're still around in a small capacity. I think it's more of like a personal website for one of the guys at this point. That's what I was going to say. The, the giant resume. It looks like it was made by one of these guys, just by looking at the. So old school. Yeah, this is like early 2000s look to it, which is great. Blue, blue like angel fire black background. Oh, man. <laughs> this is hilarious. Um, but yeah, um, I guess we can talk about more about General Chaos, right? You have the manual open. You want to talk about the, the basic story. There's not really much story in the actual game. Yeah, it's one of those sort of like Gomer Pyle um, or kind of a... I forgot what the name of that comic was where it's, it is kind of just like a cartoony, funny take on, on war. Yeah. I don't know. I was thinking Mash for some reason. That's not what it is. <laughs> My dad just always watched Mash the show. was a yeah. I mean, Mash was a, a humorous. I mean, it yeah. had some drama, but there was a. <laughs> it, was, it was kind of a sitcom set in war. Yeah. Well, I won't read the entire comic book, but basically, it's like 
it shows these two babies growing up, one with a C above its head, one with an H above its head, so, you know, chaos and havoc. <laughs> it talks about how they were really, really competitive, and, you know, they're always, like, fighting and, and going against each other in, like, sports and stuff, and then one day they thought, what's the most competitive thing you can do? War. <laughs> Which is just kind of morbid and funny at the same time. Right. But, uh, but after the comic book, there is a little... Uh, like summary of the storyline and I'll, I'll read that real quick let me find it here yeah it says uh the intro here it says football is a pale reflection chess is a sanitized simulation checkers lack drama hockey is cold it's war that's the ultimate sport war has something for everyone speed and physical challenges quick thinking and careful planning courage and cruelty grim determination and plain dumb luck these are just some of the elements that give war its universal appeal this appeal is not lost on two bitter enemies <laughs> Moronica and Visara. So there's a whole lot more than that, but I don't want to get too far into that. But yeah, it's, no, uh, that's fair. <laughs> it's uh, when you're playing the game, you don't really hear. No, that. you, you don't just... hear any of that. I think if this was released on like the PlayStation or Saturn, you'd get like a quick little full motion video or something, kind of like you got with Worms, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, and it's the same sort of humor. I, w- I would say close to to Worms or something like cannon fodder um where it's just like you know it's it's war but you don't really have to take it seriously people um kind of blow up and turn into skeletons and um but it's all very very cartoony and so yeah and, and like you said like the tutorial e- e- there's even humor there like i was i, I had uh, just hovered over a uh, a screen in general and i got busy i was playing on my phone or something and a little pop-up comes up where the general says when you're done screwing around hit the start button to exit which i'm like <laughs> that just seemed kind of before it's time i see games do that now i just don't remember games back then doing it <laughs> yeah oh yeah and, there, and it, i think like when you i want to say when you beat a campaign it's like oh and general chaos is uh hanging out with one of his uh, commanding officers and it's, and it's some you know some lady yeah. <laughs> uh, some lady officer of course um, who he's hanging out with so yeah and you know and I, I, I meant to write down all the different like locations you fight at but every one of them like I must had some kind of a funny saying to it and I can't remember half of them now but he had some things about farts and some, some other you know stupid humor like every every little thing about that game just had some funny stuff like that. And of course, you know, looking back at Arch Rivals, it was a fun two-on-two basketball game. But you could pull guys' pants down, punch them in the face. And these guys just—I have a feeling these dudes are just like real, real down-to-earth guys. Oh yeah, I, I read. Uh, what was it? It was uh, the two guys who mainly worked on it said that they lived about sixty miles apart in Illinois, and uh, this was the—I think—the first game where they were completely independent. And they would go and meet at Hooters to, to uh, do the concept for the game and just work on it together, which is kind of hilarious to me. So, yeah, it was kind of a homespun effort, but uh, a very, very professional product. There's no it, it doesn't feel indie at all, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think, you know, being a kid back in the 90s and you picked this game up, you probably would have never guessed it was just two guys working on it. Yeah, two, oh, or, another, two or three guys. Game from EA. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but and that's, that's made, how we... Yeah, go ahead, Terry. It, uh, so yeah, it made me really dig into more of what these guys did. Like, I, I, I think I knew in the back of my mind they made Rampage, but I never really put that, you know, 
kick together with this game. And I'm like, man, I love Rampage. I forgot how cool that was. And I went online and I was looking for like the 64 uh, version of the World Tour because I played that. I played that a ton in high school with a couple buddies of mine. And I'm like, man, I kind of want to get into more of these games now. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and it's it, it is a sense of humor that kind of pervades through all their games, where it's just like we're not going to take this too seriously. Um, there is going to be just some, I don't know, just some fun little touches that you didn't always see in games back then. Games were, a lot of games were afraid to be humorous, right? And, and comical. And I, I think that's just kind of a hard thing to pull off where if a game has a sense of humor, it can seem way too forced, um, but I, I I feel like these guys like in the art style and just the even the cartooniness uh, like when like the select selection screen of the the commandos uh, where it's just like they just look like these grizzled ro- roided up dudes and <laughs> you know they'll, they'll have different expressions on their face uh, for the same guy at times it, it's just. And the animations are, are really, yeah. really goofy and, and silly and fun. And one of them is a, has to be a direct ripoff of Chuck Norris, right? Did you yeah. notice that guy too? <laughs> yeah, the guy with the the orange, uh, or the uh, red-haired guy with the with the goatee. I'm trying to find which one he was. Was he the Chucker? Yeah. Yeah. They they actually all have names too. Like when you go through the um, the book here, you have a gunner, a Chucker, a Scorcher. A launcher and a blaster. <laughs> yeah, so we should go through what what each of these actually mean. And I want to say, what was it? Yeah, yeah. And, and I'll, I'll, I, and, and yeah, the the gunner's like he's got like a little what, like a little uh, machine like an gun SMG, or something, right? Yeah, like a submachine gun, <laughs> and he fires the fastest. And and they tell you when you get to the tutorial mode, they'll tell you how far that character can fire. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that was uh, real helpful. Because like I, I tried to ju- I tried to jump right in the game without the tutorial, and I was like sending like people way off of like their actual ranges. <laughs> and once you find out what range you need to go to, you can kind of pinpoint those guys. Now, no, don't get me wrong. There's not a ton of strategy here, but if you know those like two or three main points, you can win a whole lot more rounds that way. This was the type of game I, I wish there would have been mouse support for. I feel like, especially in in the regular one player mode because there's there's one mode where you have direct control over two people and you switch between them like uh, on a sports team but yeah. normally you're using a cursor and you can have all of your guys fire um and auto fire and then you can kind of switch between them and direct direct different teammates to do different things um and then you, you've got like a small squad basically but if we went through the different guys yeah so you've got that gunner the submachine guy um and he's he kind of fires in a straight line but he also his, his gun will kind of fire indiscriminately and fire up and down too a little bit yeah and let's just say this is a, a, a top-down game kind of kind of a side view type top-down game where you have like a, a little map with uh you know usually a body of water sometimes not but you've got some land you're covering um, and so that guy will cover about midway across the screen. Um, and then sometimes his gun will jam up, <laughs> which can be frustrating. Um, and he, I would say he's average in terms of 
his actual like how powerful his weapon is probably the you know not the most powerful uh and then the launcher would be like the the rocket launcher guy or the bazooka guy and he's got the most powerful attack um but he's gonna fire the slowest he can fire all the way across the screen and usually you and the other you and the enemy are gonna start at opposite sides you're gonna have to sort of meet in the middle yeah, it says his range is 150 meters. I'd, I'd always kind of try to put him in the back, kind of behind something. <laughs> Just kind of right. Yep. And you can you can uh, have him get behind rocks or get behind cover and then fire over it. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, th- and, and there are different things in the environment that lets you do it. And I guess we should say that every mission you do in this game is literally your group of guys versus the enemy's group of guys and you know you'll be the blue team and the enemy will always be the yeah red versus blue exactly and they'll be the red team and um they i think they always have five troops on that side and then depending on how you play you could have uh i think a normal uh what is it you can have i want to say five guys but then there's an arrangement where it's like if you play there's you get four different options, and one of them will let you pick from, I think it's two guys, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and that will actually change what... Uh, I was really bad at that. <laughs> <laughs> that one's harder, because it's like, you're two guys versus five guys on the enemy side. But let me go, I'm sorry, let me go back to the, the different types of sure. uh, troops you have, and then we'll talk more about formations. So if we're talking about troops, uh, we talked about the gunner and the launcher. Once you get to the the blaster, uh, he's the guy who throws the dynamite, and uh, you know, boom goes the dynamite. Um, he's <laughs> that guy, <laughs> and he checks the dynamite. Or you know, I don't even think think he uh, does he throw the dynamite. I can't remember if he just throws it or sets it down and then runs off. Um, kind of throws he, it a little bit. He yeah, throws it, but it's it's short range, and it's it's. I would say he's kind of the useless to me, most useless. But um, just did you just like throw him in the middle? I just always set him right in the middle. (laughs) You know what? He's just he is cannon fodder. Like just throw him in the middle, let him do his thing. But he just fires so slow to me. His his dynamite's pretty powerful, but it's like just send him in the middle, let him get him some fist fights. You know, at least so he's useful. But um, he he was the one I kind of used the least. Uh, And then you've got the the chucker next, which is your grenade guy. And kind of a Chuck Norris, Chucker. That Chuck makes Norris. Oh, I just put that, that makes together. sense. Oh man, <laughs> there you go. That makes four sets. Um, and so your Chucker's gonna throw grenades, and they can do pretty big damage with those grenades in decent range. So the whole point of that guy is again, you want to get him behind a rock, you want to get him behind a wall, something. Um, so that the enemy's submachine gun guys, their gunners, aren't just picking him off. Uh, and then finally, I think my personal favorite character in this game is the Scorcher, which is your flamethrower guy. Has kind of, you know, you just keep firing forever. Um, but he, he has to have some cover uh, or else he's just going to eat it because he has kind of short range uh, I, I, mar- I marked his description in the book because I thought it was hilarious. Uh, yeah. It says a scorcher. It says there's something about scorchers' grins and tendency to mutter mm, barbecue in the heat of battle. <laughs> no pun intended. That makes people think scorchers enjoy their work just way too much. <laughs> it's like that's oh, pretty. Man. <laughs> Each one of these descriptions is hilarious, but I thought that was kind of the one I highlighted. 
Oh, man. So true. <laughs> uh, and, you know, it's funny. I don't think there's any other... There's no more enemy types. There's no more commando types. But what's unique about the game is the different formations they put them in, right? So you can have um, four different formations you can choose from when you start a battle, but the game won't let you pick the same formation. So even if you pick, what is it? You pick um, the... Demolition. Right, the demolition team, the assault team, um, and then the... Was it the renegade or the... uh, there's like a two-man team you can do. I can't remember the name of that one right commandos now. Commandos or something? Yeah, commandos. So the, the assault team is usually, if you're lucky, it's all submachine guns, which is my favorite. Um, yeah, me too. Okay. I'm I mean, it's like, I, why can't I do, I can't do every mission. <laughs> yeah, it's a blast. Why can't every mission be like that, right? But um, the game will randomly give you different, um, yeah different formations, even amongst those four that you could pick from, uh, where they'll kind of change it up. And I think the two-person team is you have one guy who's a, a submachine gun, and I want to say one guy who's a grenade, uh, if I'm remembering right. I don't yeah, know. Help, can... help me out, Nick. I didn't pick that up very much. Let's see. What does it say here? In the manual. Somewhere. In the manual. <laughs> Commander. Blah, 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 blah. Doesn't really say. Doesn't. It just tells you how to come. It just tells you how to how to move them around. Oh, okay. Which again, I didn't do it much because I was really bad at it. Yeah. I got to see that nice uh, animation, you know, blowing up into bones real quick with those guys. Oh yeah, you're right. Um, well, even if you can't find it, if you if you just pick up this game um, and fire it up or watch a video of it, you'll you'll see what we're talking about, where yep. the different formations will change slightly, and I want to say the enemies' formations will also slightly change the ones you'll be up against. Um, and you know, it's a very simple game, but each level is laid out a little bit differently, and sometimes you'll have special missions where you're trying to I think it's once you beat the first campaign and then the enemy is coming after your territory that's when you'll actually have to do some special missions where you're defending a helicopter yeah or, yeah, or blow this uh, up or yeah something like that exactly and then on the battlefield itself you'll actually try and you can collect uh, special items that can add to your score and score in this game is actually pretty important because you have a limited amount of medics that will come on the yeah. screen and it carries over from battle to battle. Um, which I kept accidentally just using them all at once, which <laughs> I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> yeah, I've done that too. And you can call up the, the medic um, when someone falls, almost like Call of Duty style, someone falls and, <laughs> you know, or like <laughs> Battlefield, you can call a medic over um, and, and they'll come on the screen and revive them or, or take them off the screen and then bring them back uh, and yeah you can run out of medics but then you can get um, bonus medics I think it's for every 10,000 25,000 and, and 50,000 uh, at those marks you can get more medics and then uh, you can get points 
different ways uh, by picking up that equipment like I talked about. Um, also by the amount of uh, something to do with the casualties you inflict. Um, and you can also get more points by the land you have acquired. So there's there's different ways that the game will tally it up after each mission. Yeah, and I, and I I tended to when I first played through a few times like ignore that for some reason. Like I was just ready yeah. to go fight, <laughs> then all of a sudden I'm like, oh wait a minute, there's like uh, wait, there's strategy. Here. a little bit yeah. of strategy to this. Yeah, and the first time I ever like beat the entire like first part of the game, I thought I'm like, oh wow, I beat the whole game, and it's like, oh no, you got to play again, <laughs> and then it got a lot nope. harder. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I was really got bad way hard. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and and I feel like uh, the single player is is fun in this game, but if you can play it with two to four people, that's where the game really opens up. I feel like. Um, and if you play, my, my youngest kept, uh, my, my youngest kept asking me to play, but I never got a chance to play with him. Oh man, yeah, this is one where um, I didn't play it multiplayer this time, but when I was younger and owned it then. Um, I, I would play it with friends like my pal Jesse I've talked about um, and, I, and I have played it you know I don't think I ever played it four player I don't want to yeah I don't think I ever had the multi tap but I imagine this game would be a blast uh, playing it four player I mean even two yeah. player <laughs> if you go against each other it's just kind of it's it's just fun there's just so much crazy stuff going on at the same time and and you know, you have eight or nine uh, enemy or just people on screen fighting each other all at the same time. And then there's one thing that we didn't mention, which was it's almost like hockey, where if two players get in a, in a fight, everything else on the screen just stops. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's, exa- yeah. it's exactly like hockey. It's just like everything else on the screen just freezes and then it just becomes a one on one brawl. And then again, yeah, like Nick said, if, if you if you're cheap and you don't vary up your your punches and kicks, uh, the game will just be like, all right, and it'll automatically let the other person uh, fire on you and kill you like immediately. Yeah, and and I watched like three or four pretty big reviews of this, and like no one no one figured that part out. And I I just thought it was by chance until I read the manual, which kind of blew my mind. But yeah. <laughs> crazy yeah that's that is nuts well there's not too much else to this game we didn't talk about the music and sound effects but i would say the sound effects are, are pretty solid in this game uh, all your usual grunts and explosions and yeah death and i was just... wondering I, I was gonna go fire up another game and like really listen to the sound effects but do, do you think they reused any of those like i feel like some of the punch sounds came right up like arch rivals but i may be wrong i, I didn't uh, actually get to like compare it yeah arch rivals or uh even pick skin the oh yeah. yeah those those yeah. grunts <laughs> it does it did sound pretty familiar um and music wise you know there's there's little jingles here and there that are pretty solid but there's just not a lot of music and there's no in-game yeah. music at all which is sort of similar to uh, a sports game in a way, you know, it's just focusing on the the sound effects going on, which you know it's cool. EA, I would say, was not 
necessarily known for having the strongest uh, musical composition, or uh, I guess strongest musical engine at least. Some of the compositions are really good, but this game music is pretty sparse. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, it's I didn't really write anything thing. down. Yeah. I just kind of wrote it's down not, sound effects just, were good. You know, <laughs> you know, just kind of a cheery, valiant, militaristic themes. Um, you know, a little bit of a uh, snare uh, rolls and cadences thrown in here and some brassy cadences. Um, just, yeah, kind of military themes peppered in in the intermission screens which yeah this game has intermission screens much like other games uh like art tribals and pigskin and rampage um much the same way where they'll just have uh characters kind of giving you a, a tiny bit of exposition yeah and kind of moving you to the next stage um so yeah anything else that you wanted to mention i i never got to the the final part of this game i I tend to choke in the second campaign exactly i made it through like half of the second like i felt like i i probably won like three or four of the land areas uh, on the second campaign which i I did want to mention that um i don't i don't think we talked about that but like right before you go into each of the stages or whatever um, if if you win the the battle beforehand, it's like you get to pick the, where on the map you're going to attack next, and it's uh it's pretty cool because like a little dart will get thrown up there and you can kind of see your progress of how much of those lands you've actually taken over um, and kind of where your red versus blue uh, ends up in the scoreboard. But uh, but yeah, yeah when I got dart gets thrown, yeah, yeah, and that, that's kind of a cool little charm. And then like you get like little comic book uh, kind of uh, text callouts um, from the general or whatever as you go into those stages but uh but yeah i'm kind of with you i got to the second part of it and i probably only won two or three of the little areas before i got completely obliterated <laughs> oh yeah it, it gets pretty hard and it's almost like you want to i don't know i always go for the <laughs> the assault team but i i can see where you might want to vary it up sometimes but they were like the most solid overall. But um, the game has enough strategy where it's like if you want to try it a different way, you can. Um, and I do like that you can sort of pick your way through the map and you can pick different locations if you want. You can pick up, yeah. to, like, up to three when you're going through, at least at first. Did, did you happen to note any of the stages? I can't. I yeah. Saw um, but there so were some pretty hilarious ones. I've got uh, a few hold up here breakwind pass by the way breakwind pass that was the one i love um uh, <laughs> moronica lake because it's the you know the capital there's like Mo- moronican city um, yep. gasoline valley instead of gasoline alley i guess <laughs> uh yeah i i like some of these are just kind of goofy um what was uh See slime bog hollow or hollow um leech lake road uh what what else we got I'm kind of shocked the book didn't have anything I usually call that out I know I'm trying to find uh, if I found any other ones that really really stood out and. No, I mean, a lot of these ones... Gagwater Pod. Okay, that one's pretty great. 
There you go. <laughs> There's a bunch oh, of levels good. too. Yeah. So I would just say. I was, play... I yeah. Oh, I was gonna. I kind of forgot to mention um, the pricing on this. If you wanted to buy it today, um, I spent about I want to say about thirty dollars and got the complete uh, inbox version of it. So it actually came with the full manual, which is awesome. Uh, the thicker, you know, EA box. Because if you guys remember, all you all collectors out there, the EA had to do the weird uh, yellow tab on their cartridge and make the box yep. bigger to stick out, whatever. But um, yeah, it was about about thirty dollars. Uh, price charting right now, as of well, we're at November twenty first, two thousand twenty one, has it at thirty nine ninety nine for complete in box, about eighteen forty seven for loose. But uh, yeah, that's kind of what I paid for it. And I, don't know, I was kind of impressed that I got the whole book. Usually. You know, they don't come in that good of shape. Pages are bent back just a little bit, but uh, yeah, that's doable. And did you know about the the code in this game? No, I did not. Yeah, so it says, um, looking at the FAQ here, it says, uh, to access the game's secret mode, plug in both controllers, pause the game, and hold down buttons A and B on controller 1, and button C on controller 2. Once this code has been registered, you can enter the following codes. And so it says you can advance through battles if you want to skip one you're having troubles with. Uh, you hold down the A, C buttons and press up on controller one and B button on controller two. That's so funny. Like it's like, oh, here's a here's a debug. You got to use both controllers to do it. Uh, this reminds me of I think it was a Vice Project Doom. They did something similar to execute war advance or as battle advance. If you want to go to the next campaign something similar if you want to get maximum medics uh, there's another button combination um so yeah interesting so if you oh. want to kind of play around there and be like ah oh, this battle's too tough i want to skip ahead or if you always want to have the maximum medics possible make it a little easier on yourself you can <laughs> well that'd be nice yeah i didn't even know about that i tend to so i don't know maybe it's just where i just don't think about it when i'm playing the games for the for the uh, podcast but I, I tend to forget to go look for cheat codes <laughs> used to be the first thing i did as a kid i get in a new magazine like where's the cheat codes now it's like i just kind of forget about it yeah i get you <laughs> i used to have that uh it was with a nintendo power deal uh and they had their own publication that's called uh top secret and that's how i learned about a bunch of games i'd never even played on it, it was uh, for Nintendo, Game Boy, and Super Nintendo, I want to say. And they'd have these really nice-looking screenshots of the games, and then uh, they'd give you walkthroughs, and then they'd, they'd have a, you know stage-select stuff in the back. And gotcha. wore that thing out. It was... <laughs> <laughs> I just loved having that, because I didn't have the internet. So I was like, oh, wow, I didn't know this game exactly. existed. And you'd, you'd see these screenshots, and you'd imagine how the game played just by looking at that. I kind of miss those days sometimes just because like, I do. We're, we're, we're so like, inundated with so many games. Like I, I, I rarely am able to do this, but like even mobile games, I'll, I'll stumble upon like a, a gem of a mobile game and would have never known it if I just wasn't looking for it. It's like, you know, back in those days we had our one system and, and the 10 games we might play that year. And it just, it just seemed a little bit more special. Now yeah, we're just you, like flooded with games. You're flooded. I don't, even know what to, I don't even know where to start sometimes. No, it's so true. I mean, back then, like, you would get you get your game, like an EA game like this, and then it would come with a flyer, and it would have all these games listed out and be like, hey, if you like this game, look at all these other games we're bringing out. Yeah. And that was or how like, you, or you I, read the magazine, like EGM or GamePro. 
Yeah, or like uh, comic books. I, I was really into comic books around the mid-90s, and I would see so many like Flying Edge video games. Yes, games hilarious like acclaimed. Books. Yep, yeah. that would be the tie-in, right? Because they always have comic book tie-ins. LJN. Yep, yep. yep. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that, that was definitely a thing. Oh, man. But, um... But a bump. Uh, anything else specifically you want to mention about General Chaos? I I did find a interview. If you go to Sega 16, you can find an interview with Brian Collin, um, and he does actually talk about uh, General Chaos and just like how the came, the concept came about and. You know, how they had worked on squad-based stuff before that. And, you know, there is kind of an arcade feel to General Chaos that is reminiscent of arcade games and just that simplicity that's really enjoyable. And they, and they do actually get into, uh, Brian does, he talks about um, stuff that they wanted to um, possibly implement in the game that they couldn't. So you can you can look at that interview, find some cool stuff. There's some nuggets of info. Nice. And yeah, there was supposed to be a, uh, a sequel to General Chaos originally um, called Major Snafu. And I'll just read an expert excerpt right here about that. And so Brian Collins says, Corporate confusion... Um, and bad timing. We were about three months into our next two Genesis titles, Major Snafu and Plunder, when EA told us they were forming a new arcade division and they needed us to drop what we were doing to help them create the new division's second arcade title. <laughs> so we scrapped those Genesis titles and started developing RC Squared, an arcade game that let players race indestructible radio-controlled cars through heavily populated areas. Unfortunately, EA's first arcade title was a version of their Number one selling title on all systems, Madden Football. Earnings on the Madden Arcade version were so dismal that the entire division was shut down a few months before RC Squared was completed. Jeez. Uh, uh, yeah, it said, apparently people didn't want to play or didn't want to pay to play a game that they already had at home. By the time the smoke <laughs> cleared, another year had elapsed and Genesis games were no longer on EA's list of top priorities. Damn. So Are they, it's a really so like, interesting interview. Yeah, and I forgot to look. Have they made anything recently, like in the past ten years? Uh, yeah. So they made a, a, and every game they make is is fairly unique. Unless you know, it was yeah. like they they did the uh, Rampage remake. They did Rampage World Tour, of course. But in the past ten years, oh, they did they, do a mobile game, and then they worked with Galloping Ghost Productions to re-release, uh, not re-release, to actually put out a, a game. An FMV game uh, called Deathstalker that was supposed oh, to come nice. out in the arcades. It was a laser disc game um, or an FMV game from like '84, and uh, Galloping Ghost Productions, which is part of Galloping Ghost Arcade in Illinois, great place. Check it out. Um, they, I, I want to say it was they helped Brian Collin to put out that game um, recently so in, like in the past four years and you can play it on Steam and then um, it's you can check it out on YouTube it's a pretty interesting 
choose-your-own-adventure-style FMV game that's supposed to be an arcade title. And wasn't there a newer Rampage title that came out? Uh, there was. The movie? Uh, yeah, there was they a have anything game to do with that? I want to say I want to say probably possibly advised on it uh, or one of the guys did, but I didn't see their credits on it. I saw Raw Thrills when I last looked okay. at that. Yeah, I don't know that they worked on it at all. But if you go to the Game Refuge page and you look at all the games they've worked on, they've also worked on a ton of uh, slot machine stuff um, yeah, and, and contracted games. I think not necessarily under their own label. So if you look there, you'll find a lot more games and things they've worked on um, than if you looked at, like, Moby Games, which I think only shows, like, five or six games, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, but you no, sent they're... me that site right, right before the show, and it's... Uh, isn't it? There's, like, a... I guess um, Brian Collin was actually on the set of uh, the Rampage movie with The Rock. <laughs> so that's interesting. <laughs> there's yeah. some cool stuff. Very cool stuff. There's a picture of him, like, with all these, uh, like, the little... Uh, one-up arcade machines and uh, he just looks like a nice guy <laughs> yeah it sounds like a cool guy yeah <laughs> oh man so I don't have anything else um, I and, and like I, oh I did want to talk about the uh, the cursor you mentioned it I'm kind of wishing I had a, a mouse uh, um, oh, I don't know what to say a mouse control type control Um you know, I, I will say this. I heard a few people grab about that on, on, on some reviews, but um, it it honestly kind of handled pretty decently considering you had a D-pad. Um, yeah. I, w- I was using a three-button Genesis controller, um, you know, which doesn't really just have your up, down, left, right. It does have some diagonal buttons to it. And it, it, it controlled, like, once I got the hang of it, like, I didn't really feel like it was a, a nuisance at all. So, and, and, the, and the, honestly, that's kind of like the theme for this game. Once I got the feel for it, like nothing really felt it was like a nuisance. Fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is one of those games where it's like you can imagine playing it in the arcade with a trackball, though. Uh, and and then if you played it at home, I think yeah, mouse controls would have been cool. But I, I feel like the screen is small enough to where you never feel um, it. It doesn't feel like Rampart, right? Where it's like okay, if I could just get my cursor all the way over here fast enough, it would be fine. Um, in, in this one, I think you're in close enough quarters where, you know, the enemies you're pointing your guys to are usually close enough um, that it's not that big of a deal. I, I think I do think it's interesting that all three of the 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 cartoony war games that come to mind, like this one and Cannon Fodder and Worms, are all kind of uh, cursor based in a way, right? Or you know that sort of thing where you have a cursor on the screen. Uh, which I thought was interesting. And I don't, you know, the, I, I think all three of them have a, a Genesis or Mega Drive version of the game, but I don't know that any of them have mouse support, which is, that was kind of fascinating. <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, cool. I can't think of too much else. I want to say if you go to the Game Refuge website, you can actually get General Chaos posters. Um, he, I think they do sell those. There is some artwork you can get, much like I think when we talked about Pigskin Football or if you talk about our tribals, there is some promotional art and stuff you can get for those games. And as far as if general, awesome. yeah, and if General Chaos 2 ever comes out, that would be great. 
I just I, I haven't seen any any news or updates about that. I want to say the last one might have been in 2020. But if that ever comes out, that would be fantastic. I would yeah, support it 100%. Yeah, I love when little things like that pop up again after all those years. So. I'm about to look at their store. I just now found it. It was at the bottom of the page. Yeah, there's General Chaos shirts and Xenophobe shirts and Rampage hats. And yeah, this is this looks cool. <laughs> nice. Well, um, I don't have much else. Do you want to jump into the retrofitted achievements? Yeah, let's do it. The General Christian's retrofitted achievements. I had All one right. specific one. Uh, let me go to my notes here. And this is a uh, bangers and mash, and that's a <laughs> the British term. Um, it's a type of food, and <laughs> this achievement is button mash the same button in a one-on-one fight, <laughs> lose and get <laughs> shot. <laughs> that and that's bangers yeah. and mash. Um, this is kind of st- I always had two, and they're not very good. I'll get it out there. But uh, my Go first one it. was uh, was boot camp, and that's just beating the tutorial. I like the way those dummies uh, kind of flail around when you fire at them. <laughs> well, in the, the first one I saw, I'm like, is that is that Jason Voorhees? Like, am I seeing this right? Yeah, it's like, like a little hockey mask on a on a pole. <laughs> it's great. Oh, geez. And the only other one I had, um, it just said uh, swimming with the fishes must kill a guy while he's in the water. Which if oh, I don't think nice. we talked about that. When, yeah, you when can you're drown. in the water. Yeah, yeah. You can and, and you move a lot slower. You do. And so you want to get your guy out of there um, because you can set your guys to move. But if you like go off of him, he could just hang out in the water and you can forget about him. And yeah, he'll poor guy will drown. Uh, and then also the other thing I forgot was um, your guys can go unconscious, right? They won't necessarily turn to a skeleton. Everyone's got a little life bar, but they can go unconscious and you have to call a medic over uh, or else they will eventually uh, just be a skeleton out there. All right. Did you, oh, did you have any, any more or that was it? Yeah, that was it for me, man. All right. I think I just had the one for me. Uh, I, I, was, I felt like, you know, I, I hit the apex of creativity with my first and only one. And, you know, it can't get better than that. So why <laughs> why try, right? No. <laughs> no, I just ran out of I ran out of time and literally thought of that one right before the show. So that, that's the, the truth of the matter. Yeah, I play. So like a, a lot of times when I take notes and remember this, I'll I'll play the game at my at my computer, but uh, where I had this, I, you know, hooked up on my TV, it was I just kind of leaned back and just kind of enjoyed the game. I didn't really take any notes. So <laughs> it's just kind of kind of cool. I don't do that very often. Yeah. All right. Well, let's ask a big question here, Aaron, if you don't mind. Uh, is sure. General Chaos a Genesis gem? Hmm. Is this game a Genesis gym? Is it good? Or is it garbage? And uh, hey, if you want to join in on the discussion, you can head on over to our Facebook group. It's the Bet Brothers Facebook group. Facebook.com slash, I'm going to look again because I forgot it, slash group slash Bet Brothers. So you can go on there. We post a picture of the game uh, and let you all kind of join in on the conversation. And uh, we'll do that right now. Um, the first one comes from 
Sean Maldoni. Uh, he says, my pick. He actually uh, entered this in on the little voting we had. said, I love this game. It was one of my go-tos at my youth center. Still can't think of another game quite like it. Uh, Christopher Kellogg says, Jim, wait, let me take my rose-colored glasses off. Oh, it's good. I had a, t- a ton of good times as a kid with this one, but revisiting is not that great. Uh, Joshua, <laughs> Joshua Witt says, one of my favorite Genesis games of all time. I really like that it has cooperative multiplayer. Used to play this with our neighbors across the street. Uh, Jesse Clevavidel says, never played it. Look forward to hearing about it. Oh, I was kind of shocked he didn't say something negative about Sega. That was kind of nice. I know, and there's no die- dying cat sounds in this game. Don't worry. <laughs> yep. Tyler Jones says, underrated. Great co-op game and has a lot of humor. Uh, good buddy Ken Casmal says, well, as long as it's just general chaos and nothing extreme, major chaos in the other hand, we don't need. <laughs> uh, Eric Purcell says, I remember running this with my buddy. We're now at movies to go. An absolute gem. This game definitely had a fairly unique style. Uh, Brad Dahl says, my buddies and I were introduced to this gem on the OG Game Pass service Sega channel. It was my first experience with an RTS type game and we loved it. Life goal added. I need to try this in four player mode. <laughs> So that was uh, all of our feedback. Um, I actually went backwards. I usually talk about the critic review first, but I didn't. Um, so this game had fairly good critic reviews. Um, uh, and one of those, and I really like this write-up, came from, uh, you mentioned them earlier, Aaron, uh, Sega 16. So back on 2004, they gave them an 80 out of 100. And it literally says, this has got to be one of the most underrated games for the Genesis. I'm pretty sure just about anyone can pick it up and play and get into it, just like that. Will this new concept of play get you hooked? I was personally glued to the game forever, so if you happen to run across it in the bargain bin or used game shop, it would probably be worth the 2 to $5 price because you'll easily be in for countless hours of fun. And that just shows how much these games have went up in price because in 2004, it was only 2 to 5 bucks. Now you're looking <laughs> at like 40 so there you go. <laughs> All right, so Aaron, I think we can ask. Uh, so what did you think? Did you think this game was a gym? Yeah, um, so I would say if I was just playing the single player, I would probably just say just good. But if you add the multiplayer element to this game, much like I feel like the first Worms game, uh, once you add the multiplayer, it's a completely different ball game, and it becomes a real blast. And I, I think the problem you and I probably had was that we were mostly playing it this time in single player. But I have, much like the user reviews we had, um, our our fan base, um, once you got this game into multiplayer, that's where it really shines. And that's where I think it's a gem. And I think if you think of this game as more, you know, it's more than the sum of its parts, once you add everything together, the, the different modes um, and the different play styles, I think it does earn its gem status I, I think if we're trying to look at it in a modern light you know there's a little bit of sluggishness um in the speed of the game but it's nothing deal breaker ish and you know kind of the the fact that like the one-on-one battles can sort of slow everything to a crawl uh might drive people insane it's not not, there's nothing in the game that breaks the game or makes you throw your controller in frustration. The frustrations of the game come more with learning how the game is played, which, you know, you've got a nice little tutorial mode for that. Um, and then figuring out stuff like we did, right? Um, that if you yeah. button mash too much, you can just get creamed. 
and also understanding that you have a limited amount of medics and you have to kind of use those sparingly and be strategic about how you play. It is one of those things where um, you can have a pretty quick play session with this one and have a good time. And if you get a few buddies, you get, or at least one other person, uh, there weren't a lot of co-op games of this type and, and nothing quite like this on the Sega Genesis. So I think uniqueness alone and then having co-op and competitive in the same game um, kind of puts it over the edge for me. I don't I don't know what you think. Yeah, so when, initially, like the first run through of the game, I, of course we posted this weeks ago, like almost seven weeks ago, but um, the first few hours I played, I was kind of like, eh, it's, it's, it's okay, you know, I'm, I'm not really digging it. Um, but the more I more I played it, and the more I read about it, and, and of course just loving the humor and, and the art style, I I, I started to kind of come 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 around a little bit. I, I don't think this is one of those games that if you don't somewhat enjoy a little bit of an RTS type game, you, you're probably not going to like. Um, and I'm not huge in RTS. I think my, one of my favorite strategy games is probably like Mario Rabbids on the Switch. Which right. That was, a, that was a pleasant surprise. That game was amazing. Um, but I, after I figured this game out, and actually I went back and played the tutorial, I'm bad about just jumping in a game and not, not taking baby steps. I just want to dive in. Um, once I played the tutorial, figured out you know what each guy does, we're, we're you know kind of developing my own style of uh, strategy. Uh, that's what I started to think. This game's it, it's a lot better than I thought it was. Uh, I almost didn't want to call it a gym. I was kind of more on the good side, but after really just diving into it, I think it's a it's a low gem for me. <laughs> yeah, for anything. I I think that's fair. I think I think you and I could probably uh, compromise as far as where it goes placement wise, but I I think that's fair. Okay, so I think we can definitely lay the gavel down. We'll call this game a gem. And while I'm saying that out loud, I'm going to share my screen with you, Aaron. See if this thing works. Sure. And we'll bring it. We'll bring up the ranking list here. Okie dokie. Can you see my screen? Yeah, it's just comically small on uh, my oh, screen. Weird. Let me let me try and bring <laughs> it bring it full screen. Um, that's so hilarious. It's my new new computer, and I'm just trying to see if it. There we go. Yeah, now I can see. All right. Okay. Cool. Cool. So when I said low gym, I'm sure we can find a spot for it. The lowest gym we have on our list is Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. I could 46. put it up above. I could put it above Moonwalker and maybe. Uh, I liked it better than Kid Chameleon. I'll, I'll say yeah, that. yeah. And what about Target Earth? I liked it better than Target Earth. And now, Ultra Beast. I, I have Ro- I have rose colored glasses and comes Ultra Beast. I absolutely love that game. So. I, I I think it could fall either in between Target Earth and Ultra Beast or Ultra Beast and Mercs. Uh, I'm I'm really not a <laughs> because I, I love Ultra it, Beast so much. I, I would put it a touch. I maybe you know I would put it right above Ultra Beast. I'm fine with that. I I think where honestly you know I could put it above Mercs. You know why? Here's why. Because Mercs in the arcade is three players. Gets to Sega Genesis, it is a single-player game, which is a travesty in my book. Um, and then right above that is Rampart. I think Rampart's an unimpeachable classic, um, and I don't yeah. think General Chaos is better than Rampart. Exactly. Um, so I think it's fine. And it's it's funny that it is one of the... <laughs> it is kind of like Rampart in a way, that it's kind of one of those unique arcade war games. Um yeah. 
And also, I guess Rampart had a little bit of real-time strategy to it in a small way. Um, I know I said that that show Rampart. I I, I still play that. <laughs> like I, I just that was such a surprise Unique to me. Game. Yeah, I didn't yeah. realize I like that game. <laughs> I know that's one that I have very fond memories of as a kid. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I I think that's a good place to put it. What number is that? That uh, is now the new forty-two. Yeah, the new forty-two. There you new go. B-52s. Cool. All right. So there you go. There's General Chaos. How do I stop sharing my screen? There it is. Bam. Maybe the new forty-two is not like a comic book. It sounds. It sounds cool. Whatever. That I thought it was like a. <laughs> Someone's gonna tell me. Uh, let's get Captain Logan in here, and he'll tell us. It's, yeah. it's, uh, here for the new forty-two or new fifty-two. It was there was something where it was like a uh, a, a a special comic series. Yeah, I'm sure it won't be too long before we have him on the show again. So many co- good comic book games out there. That's right. <laughs> but we're gonna have to, Aaron. I mean, looking at this list, we're gonna have to cover something bad. Yeah. I have an idea. I'll oh. On the show. Oh, do you now? <laughs> I can't wait. I do. Yep. Oh man. man, this is episode ninety-one. We're we're coming up on a hundred. We gotta have just a ton of stinkers, just one after another. Yeah, yeah. We 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 had a little a run at that a few years ago, but we didn't, we didn't quite keep it up. And then we had a run of like nothing but EA games. <laughs> you remember that run? <laughs> yeah, we did. Like, we were just like, oh man. <laughs> Dark Castle, Road Rash, or I don't know what it was, um, but it was like Road Rash 2, and then it was this. Futurama or whatever, that was a, yeah. that was a cool one. <laughs> Yellow Tab Games, that's the name of our podcast. <laughs> that's right. Oh, cool, man. Well, dude, uh, this has been fun. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, no promises, because the way I reschedule, um, hopefully we'll get one out sooner than later, but... Uh, yeah, I got an idea. We'll talk about it after we hit hit the stop button. You'll probably right. be like, that game sucks, but we're going to just do it anyways. Woo! So, Bring it. <laughs> Bring right. it. All right, guys. Well, thank you all very much. Remember, you can check us out on Patreon, on patreon.com slash bitbros. Um, I heard a two dudes say this, and I'm going to echo it. We, we haven't really given very good uh, content lately. I think Michael actually said, if you want to go support us on Patreon, don't do it right now. <laughs> he actually said that on the show. <laughs> Which was great. I gotta echo that. We're oh, we're gonna get around to it. It kind of falls apart when kind of falls apart when Michael goes holidays away. Holidays and yeah. Michael goes away. You know what? You know why did you have to go and be a dad? Come on. Exactly. Come on, Mike, dude. But uh, yeah, go there. We'll, we'll, we still release the episodes early there before the uh, free feed, so you'll at least have that and a bunch of other fun stuff. But uh, that's really all I got, Aaron. You got anything? Um, no, um, you know, I didn't get to mention it in the Sega snippets, but I played, uh, Demon of Astaborg, um, which I recommend you all check out. It's a new Sega Genesis game, and it is very good. And What's it called again? Demon of... Demon of Astaborg, or Astaborg. Astaborg, okay. It was a Kickstarter success, and it's. Uh, I think even if you can't play it on Sega Genesis, I want to say it's on uh, modern devices as well. And if you buy a copy, they will give you a ROM that you can play on an emulator. Oh, that's right. You sent me a picture of this. That looked awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I might, I might have style. sent you more than a picture. Of <laughs> you probably did. Yeah, that looks awesome. So you can, yeah, you can buy this one. like, yeah, I got to find that. 
It is an action-adventure cool. game, uh, kind of on the Metroidvania side of things, uh, a little bit of exploration. Maybe, you know, it, in terms of it being pretty linear, um, probably maybe a little closer to the Monster Boy style, but uh, you will dig it if you play it. Great art style, really solid music, and cool game. Yeah, it's a beautiful-looking game. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll post a link here where you all can get it. Copying it now. Putting it in the show, so we should be good there. All right, guys. Well, Aaron, had a good time. All hope right. Hope you listeners enjoy us, and uh, hope you come back for the next time. So, uh, with that, we will catch you all later. All right, catch you later. Thanks, guys. Thank you for being a jam. Played you once, and now I'm back again. Your card is true. You're the pearl in my Sega world And if we threw a party Invited all the hosers we